Welcome to the Tea and Trails podcast. How are you doing? Maybe you raced at the weekend. It looked like another busy weekend for our listeners. If so, chill out, relax and enjoy this week's show. Thank you for joining us and thanks to all our partners and patrons too. We have Precision Fuel and Hydration, OM, Tiki Boo, Mountain Fuel, Outdoor Active, Velaforte, Silver, Active Root, The Centurion Running Store, Protein Rebel, SportsShoes.com, Big Bubble Hats, X Miles, Fawnside, Farm Cottages and Yugoku Projects too. I do need to say the silver code is working again so thanks silver for fixing that if you would like some awesome discounts and support our partners and the show then please consider joining patreon maybe even treat yourself over at summit crazy if you would like some awesome tea and trails merch big shout out to my good friend ray or raza he was rocking the tea and trails hoodie at york marathon at the weekend he put me to shame eddie i was not representing <laughs> terrible behavior but yeah nice to see Ray there with his lovely red hoodie you've just whined at me for 15 minutes saying how can we get like the marathoners to listen to podcast and you could have had a t-shirt on with like an arrow and download here and I yeah. just call people's phones who had earphones on and Spotify, <laughs> put it on, and thumbs up and run off. And if, I, if I was in a bush getting my little baby dragon out, having a wee, and I had my tea and trails hoodie on, I didn't want to be <laughs> didn't want to be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Welcome to episode 43. This week we talked to Fran Collette, female winner of Lakes in a Day. Can't wait for that. And of course, all the usual shenanigans, twittering, the twittering you guys hound us for each week. And stay tuned because we end announce our Yugoku project competition winners. I don't think anyone can look as good in that cap as you do though, Gary. So it's exciting to see them sent out to our way. Oh my God, he's flexing like vomit taste in my mouth. Talking of vomit taste in my mouth, super stoked to have Precision Fuel and Hydration as our podcast sponsor this week. I've received a bumper pack of goodies to help me plan, practice, train with, to try and solve my vomiting issues as we, as the Winter 200 draws nearer and nearer. But this is good. This is perfect timing. Got loads of time to nail something down so that um, poor Gary's not by the side of the road WhatsApping Bryn going, don't know what to do with her. She's still in the bush. SOS. button to Bryn. Um, and in my research, so I'm doing a little bit of background work with them at the moment, and we are going to put it all on the podcast for all my fellow vo- vomiting friends. But there's a ton of useful articles on their webpage, all sorts of different things. So if you're thinking like, do I mix my carbs with my electrolytes? Why am I always being sick? Why do I run out of energy? There is something, and it, it's lovely because there's loads of written stuff, which is then um, also provides links to the science um, if you're interested in that. But there's also videos as well. So whatever kind of learner you are there's something for everybody it's a super friendly really good um web page patreons get 15% off and anyone can get 15% off their first order with the code caps lock t and trails 15 i am determined to be on that start line with was it you gary or was it trish somebody said to me like do you think it's mental now do you think like once you start me me, somebody said it and that sort of played with me a bit so i think if i can get to the start line with like not only just tried and tested like okay i'm really happy with this feeling i'm not just going to go back to what i've done before but also like have some have some things in place that if it happens but also just know that if it does happen, I've got, I can get through it. So I'm doing everything I can as well as all the training. So fingers crossed. 
It is a good website, though. There's loads of resources on there. I really enjoyed it. And how are you finding the the sachets as opposed to the little... Not use them yet. That is my... So I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it later. Thanks to all our Patreon partners and sponsors for supporting the Tea and Trails podcast. You can find links for all our sponsors at teaandtrails.com or in the show notes. We all know what you've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) You've done something naughty, Gary, haven't you? I know. Uh, you can see I'm a bit kind of croaky again. I set myself up for another two weeks of uh, not running. But, you know, I think I had about three weeks of rubbish content and busy did nothing. So in desperation. Yeah, oh, and uh, you're worried. You're like, Eddie, there's no, pa- we're not getting enough patrons. We're not getting enough downloads. <laughs> life is spiraling. I know. Life was out of control. Uh, but yeah, I still couldn't shake this cold. And we, we did Thirsty Thursday on Thursday, coincidentally. Yeah, I didn't feel great. So I was thinking, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to do York Marathon. I don't know if I'm going to go. Uh, but the rest of the way, yeah, I did two strength sessions, which was nice. I didn't go to the gym, just at home. Did a couple of strides. So it was lovely. I think we messaged each other earlier in the week, maybe Tuesday. And it felt like we were winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won on Tuesday and then we were silent. <laughs> but I didn't feel great at all Thursday. I thought, well, I just don't know if I, I can run this marathon. I was in bed on Saturday evening I need to text racing look, don't come and get me but I thought well if this race was just or this run was just about me then I wouldn't but I knew I was going to run with mates so that was a big draw and you know on reflection of the race I probably could have done I definitely could have done 330 uh maybe could have done 315 I think I would have been pretty pooped at the end of that but either of those times were not Good for age. Well, 315 technically is, but I wouldn't have enough in the bank to be good for age for London 2025. So it was a pointless endeavour while that was literally why I ended the race. So yeah, to run with friends was the carrot, the temptation to do it. And I, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. One of the guys, Mark, was his first ever marathon. So that's pretty, pretty special to be involved with something like that. The morning started quite stressful. So we missed the start. Never, ever done that on a road marathon. So I'm standing in the, uh, toilet queues massive queue and then when the uh what's he called the mc three two one go and i my and even though i wasn't racing my anxiety and stress were through the roof and i normally have a little pre-race ritual i have my <laughs> too much information but i have my it's, bin bag on me <laughs> okay yeah, i have a little um i was like whoa, whoa, whoa it's a family show. i have an empty bottle so when when you're in the pen you you can't go for a wee basically so i have this <laughs> no no i have a bottle a bin bag so nobody can see what's going on and then my little dragon can um oh, if I need if to if you did that next to me in a race I would you wouldn't know you wouldn't know over. I would I would see you fumbling under that black bin bag and my thoughts would not be pure yeah, I've been in I've been in the <laughs> woman had a bin bag on and then she just crouched crouched down next to you I don't crouch I just stand I think well, she just, just stood and just weed. <laughs> but have you not seen guys like literally great north when I've seen this, I've seen the oh, marathon. They're all disgusting. You're all disgusting. And you just stand exactly. there and I see a million little dragons going, <laughs> what was, what, what, if we all got our foo-foos out and just yeah, stood by the side of the road. I'm not getting it out. It's all hidden under the bin bag. Nobody can see what's going on. Anyway. Everyone's probably pleased to know I couldn't do any of that because I was so stressed out and in this toilet queue and running to the start. I know you, I've got you. And then you still blow my mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> with doing something like that, but the other man. But we anyway. joined the <laughs> we joined the back of the race. So we were like, I'm not too sure what the cutoff is, but I think we saw like a six hour pacer flag, and it's pretty uplifting. Anyone know this has done a long race where you're weaving through people. That is quite a wonderful feeling, no matter where you are in in the run itself. So we enjoyed that, and we had. Uh, pretty good first half of the marathon so yeah first half was fine and then i think about mile 14 we asked mark how he was doing and uh, i hope uh, apologies mark i really hope you don't mind me sharing <laughs> sharing well, this. I think everyone doing. that runs with us knows that unless they sign the uh disclaimer saying uh, <laughs> that it's all going to be shared <laughs> but yeah the second half which is very common for people actually who do a marathon especially the first one when they haven't had that the learnings over the uh, over the race in the second half year was a struggle for Mark and he lost his goal here unfortunately he was going for sub four uh, and he did say he did a half marathon time and I was like did that kind of old school maths where you double it and add 10 minutes I think I heard, heard that years ago that's roughly if your training is appropriate what you're capable of so four hours seemed possible but then the second half yeah he struggled and I initially was like come on mark we've just got to try and run as much as possible but then i was quite pleased myself really i shifted my approach and i i was doing maths on the fly basically i was like how many miles are left then i was trying to calculate how fast he could go each mile so i knew if we walked a bit jogged a bit walked a bit jog a bit and that was exactly what we did and it managed him all the way to the very end and uh i think we came in for mark it was like 4 13 and um a bit of change so just a minute under it wasn't like he had loads of time to spare but uh yeah wonderful and great for him to get his goal and i just felt um quite nourished from the day i really didn't want to go that was my motivation going into the race and it was such an unexpected takeaway to come out of that feeling like nourished and i had some kind of closure of the dragon's back race i don't know if that it sounds quite dramatic it's hard to really express it but i'd been ill Obviously not as ill as I thought I was because I ran a marathon. Yeah, it was just so nice to have that as a takeaway. I didn't really think I was going to get that from the run. And it just feels like now there's a line in the sand after Dragon's Back race. And now, yeah, I just feel a bit excited about planning and training for Manchester Marathon. And you do feel super inspired and talk is cheap. But uh, yeah, hopefully... I can do the work and hit the time. It's funny, Justin. So I'd cook this plan up with Justin. I basically encouraged him to do Manchester and York Marathon. And I would have felt really bad that um, if I blew, if I didn't rock up to York. And Justin did get his good fridge. And he was telling me afterwards, it was such a wonderful day for Sedgefield. We had people to get their championship times. Justin got his good fridge. And he said to me, he had three, three hours 13. And I thought, that is good for age, but it's pretty tight. 3.15. Turns out he got three hours and 13 seconds. So, yeah, he sailed on there. So it's he, all... going well. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So he's like smashed his like, 15 minutes buffer on the good for age time. So, yeah, I'm really excited because I've got to do the work. I know that. I've seen... I think I could have done 3.15 yesterday. So to turn to improve by 15 minutes for April... That's, that's... I think that's quite a lot. And there's a lot of jeopardy. Literally, it's one strike. And then I move on for Lakeland 100 training. So I can't, it's not like if I didn't, if I don't do it, then I can scramble and do a marathon say in May because then that has a knock knock on effect for uh, Lakeland 100. So yeah, super excited. I just hope it's not like this kind of false start and talk is cheap and I don't actually do it. Yeah, I saw Grant from Ultra Trails um, and I was super, because I literally just, um, you know, you see people for not even a second. So I was quite pleased that I, uh, I I saw Grant. Yeah, we said hello to each other on the course. He was spectating at oh, Stamford Bridge, I think it's called. Uh, so yeah, wonderful. Didn't really see many 
podcast listeners. And if you were there and you saw me, don't ever feel like you can't come and say hello. Eddie Unless knows. I've got a bin it- bag and a bottle. <laughs> not go near. I've said it quite a few times. I love meeting our listeners. So yeah, don't ever think, oh God, I've got to leave them alone. Leave them alone. Don't. <laughs> and how did the body feel? Like any niggles, any aches, pains? Cardiovascular, 100% fine. I was, I feel, I don't really like seeing it because, but I, I did feel in control all the time. And I appreciate for some people, 415, that's a PB for them. So that's, that's a hard day. But cardiovascular for me, 415 was completely fine. I think I've got a little blister on a toe. You know, a few aches because you're out there for four and a bit hours, and that's a different side. I know, I know, we've done ultras. We've all done ultras. We ran for 24 hours plus, but to be smashing the tarmac for four plus hours. Well, I struggle with ten, ten miles on tarmac. <laughs> my hips. Are... That is, but I think the super shoes really. I've got these New Balance. They're they're not their brand spanking new carbon plated shoes, but they're one of their earlier carbon plated shoes, and the form is super soft. The form on the shoes these days, you really do uh, pull up a lot better after a marathon. I remember the first time I bought some marathon shoes. I I basically zoomed in on Kipchoge's feet when he did Berlin Marathon one year, and it was some Nike shoes, and it was. The, remember the, when we used to wear flats? We wore yeah, flats. They, these were flats, and the thought of doing twenty six miles in some flats these days, uh, no, thank you. So yeah, body's okay. Yeah, a few little aches, no DOMS whatsoever. Mindful of that. Yeah, I, I ran yesterday. I ran dog with Lee, and I ran this morning too. Uh, but definitely no training. I think I've got to respect this week just because it. No, no matter what, it's still been plus four hours and an early morning, long time in the car, and then a late night too. So got to respect that. But yeah. Absolutely loved it, feel completely nourished. And as Eddie said, you know, I've been thinking, oh, how can we? There were so many people there and everyone was just having a great time. I was just thinking, well, there's a lot of people here who might not even know about trail running. <laughs> they might not know about <laughs> They might not know about trail running, all the podcasts. I just thought, yeah, how could we connect? How could you connect these people? And you're right, maybe I should have worn my hoodie. That would have been a start at least. Um, what's this podcast? What's this Tea and Trails podcast? And I, I, <laughs> I did think about wearing my T-shirt, but then I'm very mindful. If I entered the race as a Sedgefield Harrier, I need to wear my Harrier vest, to be honest. It was good. It was good. Three Harriers crossed the line together. At the oh, finish. it's a lovely photo. It's a lovely yeah, photo. It was nice. It was nice. So I feel pretty nourished and looking forward to training for Manchester, which is like, oh, that's tea and trails. So there'll be two road marathons I'll be talking about for <laughs> the upcoming months. But yeah, you have got a super big trail race. Come on, tell me what you've been up to. What have I been through? What a week. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Week four. Week four training in the back. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of my Strava curve, Gary. It's up there. It's high and it's holding a steady line. Oh, I love it. Another 14 hours in the back. Feeling good. Um, Feeling good. That's a total lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Feeling, as we say, fine. 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 Fine, I think, is all I can ask for myself and my body at the moment. So I, yeah, I did, got back on the sessions. I did 554433221 uphill. Classic. I love that session because you can start with the five minutes and feel like actually they're pretty comfortable. You're just like out of breath, but. Oh God, no, I'm hanging on (laughs) five minutes. (laughs) work much harder than I do. Either two and the one minutes I'm hanging on. But there's also the volume of that is actually 
that was like a nine mile, almost 2000 feet session. Like, yeah. and when I looked at like my heart rate, like how long you're in each zone and it takes, it's re- I find it quite hard to have 30 minutes in the top end zone. Now I'm old because I can't <laughs> go into that zone. Like it takes a minute or so to get into that zone. Well, so I'll get beyond the five minutes, but, but when yeah, I get so, down to the twos and ones. Oh yeah. I'm right. in so it pretty what quick. I do with that session now is I shorten the recovery to keep my heart rate up high. I have a shorter recovery as it goes down as well. So that, so between like the, once I get to down to the three, I literally, I actually go on my heart rate rather than time. So I get it down to 140. If it goes down to 130, 135, it takes me time to get, but if I get it back up, but if I just go down to 140 within like 20 seconds, it's back up in that high 150s, low 160s, which is my workout zone. Uh, yeah. Last... I love that. I literally, I'll take the time no matter what the um, heart rate <laughs> Yeah, but also I'm always on time fault. So I have 90 minutes to do that session. Okay. So yeah. I just got to go. There's no like, cut, cut, cut it down, cut it down story of my life. The last like one minutes I was proper like, and I often listen to music in those sessions and I turn it up quite loud. Loud. Oh and, no! <laughs> uh, and so I can't hear him breathing. I know. What? What I like. I only have a very small amount of time by myself. If I want to listen to some hardcore Disney, I'll listen to some hardcore Disney loud. The dogs are like looking back at me. They get run ahead and then they look back, especially up a hill going, wait, come on. And then when I start their really heavy breathing, they actually come right back and they look like going, you okay? You're trying to talk. You okay? I can't hear it because I'm in a whole new world. Uh, Oh, what a treat. (laughs) (laughs) What a treat for everybody. Um, So that was hard. And I did that on my really busy day. And then I just regret it. Then I just go for the rest of the day doing kid stuff. And so I just had to like every opportunity downing bottles of water, electrolyte smoothies, trying to recover from that. Um, A couple of days later, I then did a 20 mile, very mountainous long run, which is always the highlight of my week. Not like I've said before, super race specific because there was quite a lot of hiking Hmm. Um, but uh, it was fill my soul like your marathon nourish uh, with a friend it was super hot we had vests on in the middle of October in the Alps it's not definitely not as hot as it was Um, even though like it says like at the hottest part of the day it was like 20 20 degrees it doesn't almost feel like 20 degrees because i think now our ground starts to get quite cold so in the shade you're suddenly back down to like eight degrees yeah yeah we did the loop. Um, I know a couple of listeners did the Leger Trail Marathon, which is our local 40K so marathon. So I, was, I said to my friend, let's do that loop with a few cutting out the bits we don't like, obviously. Um, and um, and then halfway around, we decided to go up this coal because I'd never been up it. And I thought it was like five minutes up to the top. Oh, no, no, no. It was after about like 25 minutes. I was like, how much further? It was really steep. Um my mate was like, I didn't wonder why you wanted to go up here. I was up for it. So anyway, so we added like probably an extra hour onto the loop. And my friend hadn't done a long run since that trail race, which was in July, I think. So she, by the by the time we got like round the top end of the loop, so it's halfway round, she was starting to flag a little bit. So we tied Lindy to her. 
Brilliant. We have to put Lindy on the lead. I should take Tarky. We have to take Lindy and put her on the lead if we're like round. There's a few goats still roaming around and marmots still roaming around. So we put her back on the lead for those bits. And I'd carry, I'd had her up the first time, but she doesn't half hurt my back when she's like, and she goes like off to the side. And then it's a bit like, oh. it's, it's nice for when she is tugging, but when she's not, it's just a pain in the, and going I don't down. enjoy the first mile with Rex. It's oh, usually downhill. Oh my God. It's so, it's awful, isn't it? And I can't downhill. I'm, I, she's just, oh my God. Anyway, so we had to put on the, so uh, my mate was like, let's, I'll take her. So I was like, great. Anyway, so then the last big long climb, Lindy got the, uh, bit between her teeth and I was having to work really hard to keep up with them then the bit we were descending which is quite technical there was there's low there's always loads of marmots around there so I was like oh should we you take her off the like the strap that attacks around the waist and just have her on your hand as we run down this hill she's like no no it's fine I'll keep her on the waist oh my god we ran so my quads almost exploded down this climb my big toes were black at the bottom because we ran so hard (laughs) and she ran the first bit and I was like oh my god I can't keep up I cannot keep up with them they were going so fast and then I overtook and I and all I could hear behind me was like her feet on the gravel and Lindy like <laughs> this is a great we got like cups going down this descent and considering it's a race like you never get the cups or anything because people have like hammered it down Lindy is the descent anyone wants to get better on descending borrow Lindy tie around your waist be you might not come back with your teeth but you'll get yeah. <laughs> downhill and then when we got to bottom of that descent then it's a lot oh my gosh it's a bit of a grovel back round the ski resort basically to get back to our car so we just kept um we kept lindy attached and um we just oh we just oh i was like right we can't walk we've got to run this whole thing it did become quite quiet you know you're in trouble when the conversation stops oh, no, i was like you okay but, and she's like i'm gonna walk nope nope keep running keep running but oh, it's so bully. good it, i know i was a bit of a bully but it's like perfect 200 mile training if you've got like four hours in your legs and we were going like bits of it were easy but bit like with that much it was like two and a half two thousand meters of climbing so the legs were tired i always go oh this is 200 mile pace of course nothing is 200 mile pace because it's very hard to go like four miles an hour even with that much it is slow my view is like the training is running when you're tired up a up a little incline when you don't want to run you'd prefer to hike as we all know people have used it that ultra shuffle on just get moving and actually once you get running it's okay it's just that first couple of hundred meters where you think you're going to die and the heart rate goes up a little bit so you're a little bit out of breath then it all settles and then yeah. and you just got to be able to you've got to be able to run those if you want to be competitive you've got to get back into that even though it's the worst feeling oh, ever. It's so hard, though, isn't it? It's so hard, but it's good. We kept, they kept the fuel going in. We kept the electrolytes going in. Yeah, we had a great day. Useless for nothing by the end of that day. And by the time I got home, and then I was like, oh my God, it's only half an hour. I've got to go and get the kids. Oh. <laughs> but it's good. And then I, next- procra- I procrastinate, though. So even though I've got half an hour, it's like, oh, yeah. I'll, just, I'm like, I'll be sitting oh, there with four. I even have a shower because I'm like, I just need yeah. to sit and stare at the wall. It was interesting you say about the 200 mile pace. I looked at my heart rate after York and that was roughly what I was doing at Lakeland 100 so technically if my legs and everything didn't you know aches and pains just didn't catch up with me then that would be my 100 mile pace on a flat course yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be interesting then I have another slot so this isn't your ideal training plan but nothing is is it the next day after when I do my when I'm my long run slot I have 
two and a half hours-ish where I need to be in a place before I get another child. So I do another, but I do a more like hikeable run. I've done that like the last four weeks. So it starts with a hike too. So I go straight up a red piece basically, because it's a really good way when you're tired and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, but hike for 20 minutes and then you're sort of warmed up and then it doesn't feel so bad. So I did that, back that up on Friday with a sort of two and a half hour. I think maybe, maybe about two yeah, just just over two hours. The last couple of weeks I've done that, I felt okay. And then this one, I was like, oh, proper, proper done. I'm proper done. So that was hard. And then to finish my week, I did a tempo run down to watch football on concrete, four miles, basically all out. I wanted to do like a flattish, about half an hour worth of tempo work in there. I was had a lot of admin to do and I was late to watch the football match. So I was like, I'll put it in here. Here I go. I've got to get down to the start of this football game in 30 minutes. And I did it in 27 minutes, 13 seconds. Still didn't set any PRs on any of the segments, but it's the first time in a long time time where I've had that like so it goes downhill and then it goes uphill so you're like I think I would like six minute 14 six minute 15 so I'd got to the bottom of the uphill going I'm already redlining where am I going to go with this hill up the little incline and it's on a road and so people are driving past so I can't look like I'm dying because I've got to look good because yep. I don't know why you care <laughs> can't walk uh, in public. and I got that feeling of like I am I'm going to be sick I'm going to be sick Try like breathe. Don't go too hold that heart rate. Was good. Got to the got to the football match, and uh, at halftime, and it was halftime. I was like, oh my god, I could have done five minutes slower. And uh, child had already scored three goals, and then didn't score any goals yes. in the second half. And I, well, yes, but I missed any goals. But I did manage to do a little cool down run. So I was going to then do some more miles on Sunday, but I stayed up all night on the Saturday night, Gary, because... Pay-per-view boxing? Uh, pay-per-view boxing. I love a bit of boxing. <laughs> um, not fitting, but um, it was the Kona World Championships. And it, for this year, the first time ever, it was only women in Kona racing. Last few years, like UTMB, because it's now sponsored by UTMB anyway, um, who own the Ironman brand, they've really upped to the media game. So they follow the athletes. You can watch the race, basically, and watch it right from the swim all the way through to the end. But it starts at 5 p.m. on the Saturday night in UK time. So I started watching it on my phone while I was like cooking tea and everything like that. And then I got so invested in it, Gary. And I'm still very invested in that scene. I love following all the pro women to athletes. I love the fact it was women only. Normally I get bored of the media coverage, like the UTMB coverage, because what they do is they follow the lead of the race with the men. And then yeah. just occasionally they go, well, we're just going to wait. We haven't got enough cameras. So we're waiting for the women to come back. And I'm just cool. BS on that because you pay more money, you've got so much money, and you have a dedicated women's yeah. uh, media team and you have a dedicated men's team. And frankly, they should have two channels now where they have women. You want to watch the women's race? You click on here. If you want to watch the men's race, you click on here. It should not be shared. So they could make it happen if they wanted to. They could make, you know, let's face it, we can all make anything happen if we want to put, if we want to. But anyway, this was so you watched the whole women's race. So it was like first, second, third, sixth. You got to what normally you just, you know, flashes back to normally you just see the women's leader every so often, but you go, oh my gosh. And I have invested 
people will relate to this, a lot of time in these women who I don't know, but I follow them on social media. I love watching their, their, I just find it so motivational how hard they work. It blows my mind. Oh, I can't um, imagine it. It's like anyone who does the three disciplines, but then do the volume you need for Iron Man. hours a week. Oh, they trade. A British woman won it, who I love. She she um she won it she led the swim she basically was the first person apart from one man who has led the race from start to finish and i and i as i was watching i was like this is a big mistake eddie go to sleep but i had i so wanted to see her win live and i felt so invested in her and also i found it so motivational watching a female athlete so, she was so composed the camera was on her for eight hours, 26 minutes, I think she did it in. She was so composed. She never once like looked at the camera. Her fuel, everything she did was like meticulous. She was like so strong. Um, all her fueling, everything, you could see it was all like dialed in. There was no questions. She was like absolutely laser focused. So I took, I love that. I took that on board and I was like, that's, that's how I want to be. I want to be like that. She was so composed. I've never had that. I wonder if that's quite unsettling having a, like in the Tour de France when you've got the motorbike beside you. The girl that was behind her was really interacting with the motorbike and the camera and talking to them and stuff. And I thought. Energy. That's energy. Yeah, gone. that's energy. That is like why you like you're going off every time you like look to the side when you're on a bike. Like what's going yeah. on? But this girl was like, and I just so so for the sleep. So Sunday I felt pretty. I dragged myself out at four p.m. for a very rubbish five mile run with the dogs. That was all I managed. I paid for it. Oh, I felt terrible on Sunday, but I also took so much from that, and I loved that. And I know a few people on Facebook on our group also did the same thing so though it was terrible training for training it was so good for like just these amazing and amazing women loved it not a lot of uh, trail running chat in our intros that we've done road marathons it is inspiring let's not not be those boring people let's not do that it is inspiring though i love watching people uh just crush it and push themselves she the girl lucy charles barkley who won she's been second four times and she's had terrible injuries and she's come back from it so uh, it kind of like in a very small amount i can relate to this like keep going back keep turning up keep showing up keep training your time will come that's my week good ticked off another one done I love it. I love the five, five, four, four, three. We should put that as our signature session, but I think we probably, I've definitely copied it from somewhere else. I'm not too sure where I saw it, but I absolutely love that five. I don't, I think it was probably created back in the 18th century. I think every athlete had that in it. This week's Brew with the Coaches question comes from Patreon, James Coates. This week's question comes from James Coates. I have recently completed my first ultra 50k with a 1,100 meters of vert and I struggled with quad cramps at 38k. This had not been a problem during my training. Subsequently, I did the Yorkshire Three Peaks. The timing was not ideal. It was only 10 days after the 50k, but it was really my only opportunity this summer. So I felt I had to give it a go. 
This time I struggled with cramps in my calves at 34k. All my long runs and training had similar altitude profiles and I was doing weights twice a week. For context, on each occasion, I was drinking 500 milliliters per hour of fluids with pH 1000 electrolyte solution and reliably took a gel every 30 minutes. For the first run, it was about 20 degrees heat and the second, 24 degrees. I used cramp fix each time and this was a bit of a rescue. Oh, I've never heard of cramp fix. That's interesting. I know that cramping is a really complex thing that is due to local muscular factors and central neurological factors. But I wondered if you had some advice on this. Was I just pushing myself too hard? Can I train in some way to reduce the risk? Do you think the electrolyte energy could be adjusted in some way? Thanks, James. Um, hi, James. Talking about cramp in general is sort of why why we get it and, and therefore what can we maybe do to, to mitigate it. Um, I guess there's a couple of different theories as to why um, people experience cramp, which obviously is that sort of really acute, painful uh, muscle spasm sensations that we can get. And first off, there is a theory to do with hydration, electrolytes, because obviously electrolytes being necessary for that cellular processes within our muscles and all of those reactions that need to go on in order for us to exercise and contract muscles. Looking at uh, your fluid balance and your salt and electrolyte balance, particularly sodium and that sort of thing, um, in theory, would that help us uh, sort of stave off cramps if we can get that right? The other theory is it's more to do with just the fatiguing process within the muscles and particularly how the nerves then respond to fatigue and how they then innovate the muscles and cause that spasm. So it's like some sort of channel or gate is left open in the muscle and it just continues to fire when it needs and, and it causes that spasm and cramp. And I think there's a lot of evidence for, for that uh, being the mechanism. So it's predominantly a fatigue uh, situation. So after a certain amount of distance or a certain certain amount of uh, elevation, your muscles will just get fatigued and then it'll run into this issue, maybe mediated a little bit by those other factors like the salt electrolyte and, and water balance as well. Things like the cramp fix, my understanding is they're little shots of things you can take to try and stave off or sort of minimise the impact of the cramp. So they make them last less time when they come on and it can sort of terminate a, a bad run of cramp. And how they work is they, they work through that neuromuscular uh, theory where it's something resets the nerve because it's a really strong flavor or it's a really uh, neu neurally stimulating thing. And the nerves go, oh, something else to think about. And then they stop innovating the muscles and, and the cramp sort of subsides. And I think the evidence for it is it, it, it doesn't eliminate them altogether, but it can uh, reduce that episode or reduce the frequency of it. But you're still at risk of it coming back if you then continue uh, the training or, or the run you're doing. So things like cramp fix, um, I think the other things are something called hot shot is a similar principle. It's a very hot sort of flavoured thing. And then things like pickle juice was what has been used historically and certainly still use it in team sports, um, that sort of thing. Uh, rugby, we used to have some pickle juice on, on the bag we used to carry onto the pitch to give people. I don't think pickle juice in the ultra situation when you're kind of battling nausea and all these other things is probably going to work. Um, but again, that's very much the same principle. Something really vinegary and really sort of, uh, so that just resets the system, gives you something else to think about, and then the muscles then relax and, and sort themselves out. So they all work on a similar basis. And my advice for that is really what 
of those you can stomach because um, I think that's the determining factor. But I'll hand over to uh, everyone else about sort of training and things to mitigate, which are probably better and will probably serve you better than sort of things which you have to then resort to when the cramp comes on. So prevention is always better than cure. Um, and I think uh, looking at other things, training and maybe some to do with the electrolytes, are things that we can maybe use uh, before we have to resort to things, uh, foul tasting things to uh, stimulate us. Russell, go on. Oh, hi, James. Speak, speak the truth, my faithful friend. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, James, and say it's probably fitness-related issue of um, in personal experience and with the athletes that I coach. If you're not getting cramps in training, but you are getting cramps in the race, it's because you're not replicating well enough the training, um, the, the race stresses in your training, and you might look at, you need to look at upping your training. So personally, um, something that I found with ultras is um, long runs at overspeed. So if it was, um, what, what were you talking about here? A um, 50K, you might do 25K faster than your 50K race um, so that you are just building this, you're kind of inuring your body and getting it really, really potentiated to the stresses. It's a, it's a massive flag for me when someone's training and being like, oh, I never have any problems with cramp at all. Then the race comes and the cramp comes. It's not some magical um, dehydration that occurs in the race. It's normally a fitness issue where you haven't fully potentiated your legs and your body in, in the training. So um, something that I've found that actually is controversial and some people don't use is double days. So you might go out and do 25K fast on the Saturday and then 25K fast on the Sunday. And you're really going to stress the muscular and the skeletal muscles um, in that process. And it, and it just seems to break them down enough. And if you recover fully on the other end of that, you know, with maybe four or five very easy days, um, this is something that um, Renato Canova, uh, a guy that coaches Kenyan athletes to a very high level, suggested um, to help stave off cramps. And I found it to be very effective. But basically finding a way that you can really stress the body in training and then give yourself the adequate recovery so that you get that stress plus rest equals growth and you're in a stronger position for the race. The fit you are, the less problem cramps seem to be. Um, I know that Tom Evans cramped in UTMB to completely um, contradict what I've just said, but he was going for the win. So he probably had, in all honesty, just pushed too hard too soon for what his body was ready for. And he ended up with his cramps. But it does seem to be a thing where the fitter you are, the less it occurs. Sorry to say, it's normally a fitness issue. That shouldn't feel too bad, though. I know it's here with Lake 100. To do a, a, a long run faster than race pace, physically, when I've done that towards the end of the training block, those faster than race pace runs weren't massively taxing, to be honest, um, because the race yeah. pace was was spectacularly slow. So, yeah, yeah I totally empathise with that. And if you can do that, you, you should be able to then, it's like almost logical, slow down and then and do the slightly longer duration in the race without some big surprise coming out of nowhere and, and hitting you for six. So yeah, I would definitely recommend trying that. You know, you're doing your long runs, but are you doing them actually faster than race pace? Try that. I'd also say you, you, I don't think you're drinking enough, James. 
Um, I think you need to. And I think, uh, I think as, as Russell said, almost stepping back from the races or doing some races as non races so that you are, you purposefully start at the back and you go easier and see if that helps with the absorption of the fluid and the electrolytes and staves off the cramp and build from there rather than going into each race and this happening, because then it's very hard to work out why it's happening. I think if you take the intensity down a little bit, and then actually allow the body to absorb the right uh, amount of fluid and salt and then build your confidence from there rather than perhaps going out hard in races and putting races back to back when you probably never really rehydrated from the two races. Um, sort the problem first um, rather than like go out and hammer race and then go, oh, I keep getting cramps, uh, like kind of like try and take it back to basics and see, you know, find a local trail marathon or something, which you're happy to sort of really prod around and see what happens to the body then as well. But I think absolutely key is here is looking at fluid intake, looking at electrolyte intake, as Rebecca said, and perhaps going back to the, back to, uh, what's it called? Not the scratch board, the blackboard. boards. Drawing, drawing board. board. That's it, guy. You jumped in at the right place. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> building yourself back up, building that fitness back up. Calm down now. Calm down. But oh, I sympathize. Cramp is just the worst. Oh, and it, and once it strikes, and then it's very hard to get rid of. And it's horrible if you think it's about to strike as well. That calf cramp is so painful. Trish? I mean, I would potentially, I agree with um Russell that generally it's, it is a fitness thing so you know generally when people get cramp it's because they've started off too fast for example in the race and then they can't sustain that later on and they start to get cramp so I would ask uh, James maybe just think about a couple of things so you've talked about your long runs and training having similar altitude profiles what does the rest of your training look like what does your what do your hard sessions look like are you stressing the body to run faster um, regularly and um, what you know are you doing some of your long runs at a faster pace so that again your body understands what what that what that feels like and what those stresses are so um, I would just maybe ask yourself some questions about your training what that looks like what the structure is to it and again I would be saying to you if you're one of my athletes then maybe go out a bit slower go out a bit slower and ease into the ultra um the, the, the distances that you're coming up with cramps say to me that you're probably going too hard for your fitness capacity. Uh, and again, it, cramp is a cramp is a random thing. Like, you know, we, we can't, we can't, there's no magic kind of solutions to it. Um, but those are the kind of questions I would be asking you if you were one of my athletes, like, what does your, what does your faster running look like and how much of that are you doing? And, um, you know, your strategy when you're going into an ultra, when you're going into these races, what does that look like at each point of the race? James, sounds like you've got lots of potential. You're a thinking athlete. I like that. Uh, so let us know how you go or how you get on. And hopefully we will see you out on the course flying by. No cramps. And you can shout, I'm cramp guy. No more. Thank you so much, Rebecca, Russell, and Trish. Don't forget, if you're a patron, you can send your questions in for the coaches to hello at tandtrails.com. This week's interview is with Fran Collette. Super interesting story. Fran, listen to the podcast. She heard about Lakes in the Day Race, 
thought you'd enter it, then she went and won it. Awesome. <laughs> Full circle. I absolutely love it. Really enjoyed our chat with Fran and I hope you do too. Fresh from an amazing win at 2023 Lakes in a Day Ultramarathon, we got our first, uh, well, it's not our first medical professional, but our first in-house medical professional in front of the dentist chair, which has given me a slight nervous tick that she might suddenly say to me, just to freshen up, Eddie, uh, welcome to the Tea and Trails podcast, Frank Collette. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yep, yep. No, surgery's done for the day. Chair's up. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> what are runners teeth like like do you get peak runners in and you go oh, from all those gels and stuff do, do you know what I've got I've got the best patients but not not runners so much actually um they're, they're usually ex-miners and uh you know they're, they're just the best patients they don't want you know the nice white smile you know the, the Hollywood smile they just want to be functioning and I've got the best patients but not very very rarely runners I've had a couple of patients where I comment on their shoes and I'm like oh do you run and they're like <laughs> No, and it kind of breaks my heart, but yeah, not too much. My mum's my dentist down in Tenby, it listens to the podcast and my mum doesn't listen to the podcast. She hates anything sporting related. And he then fills her in and what I've been doing and <laughs> tells her everything and she's having all this terrible teeth treatment. But um, And he always says to her, make sure when she's finished all those long runs, she's brushing her teeth because, of course, we slam all the gels and everything, don't we? So much sugar. And then perhaps don't brush our teeth again. Well, in the spine, I didn't brush my teeth for five days. There was like a film of, oh, I remember like, and I was so tired at the end, but I remember not that tired, but I was like, oh my God, my breath must be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've, uh, as always, gone off the plot. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. Where are you? What's the view from your window? And have you been for a run today? So yeah, giveaway. Uh, where am I? I'm still at work. Unfortunately, the day was a bit mad. So yeah, I'm still here. Where am I? Um, What's, What's the view? view? Have you got the view, view from the surgery uh -huh. window? Um, it's 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 dark, I have to say. But usually we've got some nice trees and um, a little road outside and then some pigeons. But uh, yeah, it's dark. Have I been for a run? Um, not today. I like to um, go for a spin on Tuesday morning. So I've done my spin uh, tick and um, then I'll go climbing after this, hopefully. I like to have a, what I call a fun sandwich. So you do something, you have to go to work. That's the boring bit. And then I like to do something before, which is fun and fun after. That's how it rolls. I, I love that fun sandwich. My life is just like fun sandwiches, but my work is quite fun too. Sometimes my work is more fun than the than the fun bits <laughs> to me. I went just went for a thirty minute run before this, and that was meant to be the fun bit, and it didn't feel much fun. I had to put on I put on some classical motivational music. That is how much I didn't want to go out the door, and I was like, "Come on, need something behind me." So tell us a little bit about about you where you've sprung from uh what's your sort of history you've mentioned the climbing tell us how you got into ultra running running I've always kind of run I don't really race as such I just I just love running where's the ultras coming I, I have a, a motto in my friendship group but uh, more is more so I like I really like to run so why don't I just do longer runs so yeah just been enjoying the longer and the longer and the longer and the reason I entered the lakes and day was from a friend was like yes yeah, a really good good fun day out and I was like I think it was like three weeks before. And I was like, I've got nothing on on that weekend. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how I ended up doing it. In fact, 
so it's, yeah, she recommended me that. And then I was out doing just a long run on um, leg two and three of the Bob, just a guy. Just for fun? Just for fun? Leg two and three? Yeah, just, just for, for like, <laughs> okay. This is explaining a lot. I cracking day out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this guy, um, actually, he gave me a lift back um, so uh, to uh, where I'd left my car. And uh, he kind of was like, yeah, it's great day out. So um, Andrew Merrick, big shout out. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, it was a great recommendation. What a great day. <laughs> So you didn't have time to like recce the route or anything before, did you? Or did you know the route? Two weeks before. So I had one weekend in between. I um, convinced my best friend in the whole wide world to to take me up to the Lake District, to drop me off at the top. And then I recce up to Ambleside on Saturday and then Ambleside um, to the end on the Sunday. And then she picked me up at the end. It was just, you, you don't get, you know, like um, the opportunity to run a straight line route often. So I was so, so grateful. And it was, it was a pretty, in fact, it was way tougher to do the recce. Um, so then the race day was really easy. Well, no, it wasn't easy. The <laughs> <laughs> what were your logistics? I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm just trying, I'm, what were your logistics? So you, did you run to Ambleside with your kit and then stay in the hostel or something and then carry on the next day? It was, it was pure bougie. So uh, I sound so high maintenance. <laughs> this has never happened before. It will never happen again. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unless she's offering, in which case I will. Um, so she drove me up to Colbeck. Uh, she went on a little like 10k. Then uh, we met in Ambleside, and uh, which we there's um, part of the Mountaineering Club, uh, Midlands Associations of Mountaineers, and they've got a little hut there. So um, we just stopped over in that hut on the Saturday night, and then she dropped me off again in Ambleside and carried on to the end. That doesn't That's sound great. too bougie to me. I thought you were going to say like we stayed at the local five star spa and had some champagne. And I was like, going to go, oh, good on you. But that still sounds like pretty. You touched a little bit on the climbing there. Tell us a little bit about like, because I, I did some stro- uh, Instagram stalking and your your Instagram is not full of running. It's full of climb, amazing climbing. I've got massive. I couldn't I couldn't do it. But wow. Amazing. Tell us it's all a myth, isn't it? It's social media, though. So all of my time is spent running. But no one takes any pictures of me. You know, I'm not, no, I'm not hanging around for that. So well, you're not jumping over the camera been... and stuff like that. You're not stopping, setting the camera up and then pretending oh. you're running past. And, oh, uh, Gary, I won't stop for my life. Cars, <laughs> let alone taking pictures. But no, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my, my Instagram is uh, when you're kind of sedentary or at the bottom of the crowd, when I'm in the afternoon, there's people around, isn't there? But running, yeah, there's, there's no time to take pictures. Um, Climbing-wise, it's... Yeah, it's, it, I would say it fills up the days that you can't run. Personally, I don't like to, you know, run every day. So climbing's a good medium and it does some strengthy bits, but it's not running. <laughs> has it has it played into your skill set, like the climbing? Like, has it helped your running and vice versa? Is there any way they complement each other? I do think what's great is I, I can't I can't sit down. So if you have a big day running, you can go climbing the next day, fine, no problems. You know, the other half of you is completely rested. So that's really great. That's why I really like to compliment the two. You have a big climbing day, you can still go running, vice versa. But in all honesty, I'm still scared of wet rocks, I have to say. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> wet rocks when you're running or wet rocks when you're climbing or both? Both actually, to be fair. But I, I knew there was a, like a, a question is, it, did it help me, you know, like in the route because it said cause fell, which we actually didn't run in the end, but I'd recorded it the day before, uh, the week before, and as in two weeks before, and it was absolutely terrifying. Like I love, I'm a happy soloer. Um, I'm quite happy solo. Uh, you know, long routes, 250 meter routes, or loads of routes um, at Stanwich, no problems. 
but the the, the going down that that scramble is absolutely terrifying <laughs> especially when it's wet it's super greasy i think over yeah. the years so many people have been down there it's just like super smooth i don't know if you've been there recently eddie but the rocks are just so smooth they're just a sheer amount of people i'm curious you're saying 250 meters i remember years and years and years ago i was in yosemite national park and i looked up at el capitan i think it is mm-hmm. and i saw the little dots you you'd like to do that kind of stuff yeah i th- i would love to um that that would be amazing but i think i would love to be climbing at my absolute best if i got there and also i don't i don't actually know if i do i think it seems idyllic doesn't it but in reality you'd have to go on a uh, like a portal edge or whatever and um that means that means you know you have to sit still for a little while which <laughs> You'll probably gather it. I mean, the idea of sitting in a portal ledge, I can't imagine anything worse. Is that because is that because you have to rest a bit because it's so long? Or uh, yeah, so yeah, it's really yeah. long, and so um, you'd have to be really going some to get it in a day. Some people do, but I wouldn't measure it in a day. There's a whole world I don't. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about climbing. There's only, <laughs> but I only have the most respect because, and I guess that's how people feel. Like some, like when you say you know ultra running, people are like how would you run that far because i just can't i just can't get my head around 20 press-ups is hard enough (laughs) (laughs) and you mentioned leg two and leg three i've got to ask is there a bob grim on the horizon do you know what i'm not sure i'm not sure gary i don't i don't know i really enjoy it as a con so the first time i had an idea of it as a concept was earlier this summer when a friend uh tried to do Bob and she did really well, but the conditions were awful. And it's like July, like it was absolutely horrendous. I don't know how it's so bad. The idea, you know, like it was so much fun because you have all your friends about, and um that was that was the fun bit. So then like I spent like so many weekends up in the Lake District thinking, oh, this is really, really fun. But I'm not sure it's the answer. Um I'm not sure it's for me. So it's a long time, it's a long way, isn't it? Yeah, it is a long way, but but once you've entered into that support network. Then eventually your your turn will come, Fran. <laughs> it's I won't inevitable. give you I won't part over your details, Fran. Don't worry, otherwise I'll start going. So if you set a date, you set a date, let me help you. <laughs> Should we talk we move on to uh Licks and a deer? We, yeah, we, you said about why why you did it and what got you on the start line. But what would uh, I'm curious on your local trails, what it's like running where you live and what would a typical week be like for yourself uh running you've said about your climbing running so yeah if you could just um expand on your that fun sandwiches tell us what's in your fun, fun sandwiches sandwich. every, every day is a fun sandwich Eddie. It's, it's a fun sandwich um so i live in sheffield which i'm so grateful for i moved here about three years ago from well originally i came from cambridge which is the flattest uh place in the entire universe and then i moved up to birmingham and I, when i'm studying thought that was hilly now i'm in sheffield which is like the dream you can you can run out of your my house and i can be in the peak district in like six miles or so so it's uh yeah i'm i'm still in that like kid in a candy shop kind of thing where i'm like i feel naughty on the weeknights i can get out and have that much fun on an evening like it, it feels it feels naughty it shouldn't be allowed to have that much fun um and i still not get over it three years later um i think to the annoyance of people that i run with i'm like have you seen that and they're like yeah we, we see that every week and i'm still like so i don't I, I would say i probably run like three or four times a week not 
I do like my cycling as well and my climbing. I love guilty admission. I love the gym as well. I absolutely love it. I love it all. More is more. Yeah, that's and running wise, what do I get? I can, I just get in whatever I can. If there's, you know, an early morning session, that's that's brilliant. I I say session, I mean I get out the door. Um I don't I don't have any kind of structure at all. I've always gone for like easy, enjoyable miles. And if there's a friend there, that's great. If there's not, then you know, I just, I listen to you guys. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love sharing the with friends. Oh, yeah. Anything. Please, everybody join me. Everyone. I almost bribed a child tonight. I was like, do you want to come <laughs> out your bike? Do you, do you want to just talk to me? No, thanks, mum. It's dark and cold. <laughs> I'm curious. I got a few friends who did uh, Lakes and the Deer and um, he didn't camp. He slept in his car. But did you do that whole camp and then get the bus up from Cartmel? It's such an early start. I have to say, I'm a five. I'm one of those annoying five a.m. girls. So I was oh, well. up already. It wasn't a struggle. Um, I did. I did it. Yeah, I did do the camping. And last minute, I had a. You know, I didn't have all the bits and bobs that I needed for the race. On my way, literally to drive to the Lake District, I went past the Catherine to get me waterproof trousers. Um, and. I bought a tent, so um, <laughs> I bought myself a big bougie tent. Um, what I like to call the party tent. And um, so then it was like, whatever, 40 mile an hour winds and pitting down with rain when I got there. And I had to try and figure out how to put up a new tent. It was a, it's a four man, but it's, it's enough for like eight men. So that was a bit oh, well. of excitement, <laughs> um, but it meant I had a party tent. So yeah, I did do the um, camping. I had like a, a, a giant tent myself. It was the most luxurious kind of living. I um, had a little party in my own tent and yeah, no problems on the 5am start. And then you get the bus up and uh, I, I shared like a seat between, there was like a, in between two ladies and then, um, and then uh, they were really, really lovely, totally inspiring. And I remember distinctly one saying, oh, do you know the course? Yeah, yeah, I know the course. And I was like, yeah, I went, yeah, I just went and uh, just, I just recorded it two weeks ago. She's like, oh, I wouldn't have been recovered by now. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of, uh, what's the word? Choose who you sit next to carefully. Um, mm. yes. yeah, I'm, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I think you were brave to strike up conversation. I'd have uh, <laughs> put the old AirPods in and been like far too sick or oh, bus journey so it's like the bus journey in uh did it go from coniston for the lakeland 50 oh my god through the worst road ever and uh and it's oh and you just don't want to you don't want to get there but you want to get there because it's just horrendous anyway oh no i i sat right at the front i wasn't you know not doing the cool thing and sitting in the back i was literally like getting me at the front i was gonna be i was, I was gonna be sick otherwise but yeah. <laughs> well you did recover two weeks was enough um so yeah spoiler but could you talk us through your deer? Um, yeah, I'm really curious how it went. I hate to be that person, but it was literally like just a fully great day. <laughs> it was um, it was literally perfect. So I, I, the weather wasn't absolutely, you know, ideal, but I kind of enjoyed that. And then, but so we started out from the um, the bus, got off. Everyone was super friendly. Um, there was a guy that I remember queuing up for the toilet. Again, I was literally there with me. I was out. I'm going to need a wing. Um, there was a guy who was done it. was his eighth time. Um, oh, and goodness. everyone just okay. chats and they started chatting. And luckily, I like dimbled over to the start. Um, I wasn't 100% where it was because um, that's the extent of my navigation. I was like, oh, follow the crowds. <laughs> um, then they said at the start, they said, 
Oh, the river crossing's not open um, because of the terrible weather. And I thought, oh, no, I don't. I have no idea. If if it's not the original route, I have no idea where I'm going. So yeah. um, this will go terribly. So that, that was a little bit um, worrying. But we, we all set off and I just lumped along. I was pretty close to the back there, just enjoying my time. And it's really hard to, to remember the first bit. It was it kind of just, you know, it went. I was just enjoying every footstep. I think actually, no, that's a lie. There was, I think, uh, very early on at that early point, I realised the um, mug that I'd brought. Um, was digging into my back and I probably should have changed it at that oh, point. Oh, yeah, um, I've had that before. That's horrible, <laughs> isn't it? Why do you need to bring a full-on mug? Anyway, yeah, I had this giant, like, almost China mug um, right into my kidney and I was too stubborn to change it the whole way. Anyway, it was probably about the earlier stages that I realised that. And I, I kind of was looking around. There was a Tea and Trails um, T-shirt there, which I saw. Um, awesome. going to catch on to that, guy. <laughs> um, I need one of those. Um, and um, um, yeah, just just pootled along until we got to the river crossing, um, and it was actually open, which I was like, oh thank goodness, because I know the way. Then it was manned, so anyone that would be worried about crossing it, I wouldn't be. Uh, it's like, got a rope, hasn't it? If I remember right, exactly. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's people there. Wow, these volunteers—they're yeah. literally standing in that river with their weirdos <gasps> on. For- no, <laughs> no. I love a river crossing, though. I I don't find like torrents of water don't give me the. I prefer a river crossing to wet slab at a 90 degree angle any day because you could like if you lose your feet, you're just going to get wet. And potentially drown. (laughs) 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 Exactly. Why wouldn't you love it? (laughs) Um, When did they say about the um, route change from Blencathra? They they didn't let you go down Halls Fell, obviously. Yes. So that was a little bit further on. But yeah. um, So we just put up to Blencathra, which I was really pleased with. um, And then when we got to like... um, then Catherine, they're like, it's, it's the uh, like bad weather route. So I had no idea where we were going, but I was actually running with a girl there um, called, I think she was called Hannah. And that was really nice to just like chat. And we were like, I don't know where you're going. You don't know where we're going. Let's go. Together. So was it marked? Did they mark it? Or did you have the... Uh, no, it wasn't marked. Um, but you just, you followed a, um, a track at that point. So that was good. Um, but at least Hannah knew she, we were following the track. I would have I would have absolutely had not a Scooby. She was like, just follow the path. And then she was doing some, she was very diligently going, because it, down to the uh, uh, car park, they, down to Thrailcold, really. And they had some quite like bends. And then I just straight lined it. And I was like, so sorry, Hannah. See you later. Um, but yeah, straight down into Thrailcold, and it went absolutely fine. Looking back, I'm actually really pleased it didn't go down um, Horsfell because um, horse yeah. it would have been a bit scary, actually. Yeah, if they're in those conditions, let's not let's not dice with injury. Yeah, or, I know there was yeah. a, there was a couple of guys that I caught up to, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sad because they wanted to get like a PB. Whatever. Oh, what a shame! Exactly. <laughs> um, and then yeah down into Threlkeld I think the police stations were um, amazing um, I didn't really stop around I, again probably a rookie Eric is I'm new to the whole malarkey I brought so much food it, uh, you know I didn't need to stop at any checkpoint no later on I, I dumped it all because I just bought too much what's your nutritional choice what do you eat oh. drink oh Eddie I wish I was professional enough to have it down I, t- I, take, I can tell you what I chose, which is not what I'd recommend anyone take. Banana cake, that was okay, but quite heavy. Um, and then loads of chocolate biscuits, and they just got stuck in my mouth. You know, oh, oh, awful. Do um, I without much moisture? <laughs> that, 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 and that. I was just 
panicking me being me that I was just going to get like an instant hole you know they were just stuck there for like 10 hours so I've never had a feeling and there was me going along like I've, I've got to stop I've got to brush and um, I was really nervous um so I had some Mars mini Mars bars again they were pretty hard to stomach the like some chalk block things and they were probably the only good thing that I took oh and some gels but that was my second use of a gels uh, like I've had one gel before in my life and um oh wow yeah and uh, um, they were fine they, they were okay, <laughs> okay I, um, I, I haven't nailed it I have to say but that's what I took and about a kilo of that um I'd say I dumped it at Finn's rate like I was like I'm sorry guys but <laughs> I am not taking this any further <laughs> so yeah then um the route carried on up to Clubhead um and it's a bit of a weird one. If you know the Bob Graham route, I think it's... Yeah, it's slightly different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I prefer the Bob route. Um, but I think they must know. have done that just to, like, fell erosion, I suppose. That's the only reason why I can Please. think they do it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. their point. It's just it's just not as good. <laughs> and I got a little bit lost there, but just, yeah, plodded up. And then it was all, like, white. And then it was just, like, I was following the line of my watch and um, the weather was pretty rubbish. Um and then going along, you know, the tops, couldn't really see anything. It was just getting blown around. No one was with me at that point. Um, I was like, you've, you've passed people. And then along Helvellyn Ridge, when you get got to there, it was just, it was it was unbelievable. Like, I've been in bad conditions. Those are probably the worst conditions I've been in. Like, you could barely, like, I was getting blustered around. I was trying to, like, hold on to my poles in a dear life. And um, mm. I could just see them going down the edge. <laughs> and um, you just, like, it would just come and then just knock you off your feet. And then I was like, oh, man. I should have put a jacket on at that point. But um, I was there, like, just, I'm just going to carry on moving. But, it yeah, wasn't that, probably... it wasn't really cold, though, was it? I know it was wet and windy, oh. but I don't. Oh, no, I got it wrong, have I? It was so cold up there. My hands were like, although okay. I was saying I was trying to hold on to my poles, I couldn't feel them. I had no idea. Um, but I was just too stubborn to uh, to stop. I was like, just carry on and it will end. Um, but it seemed to go on forever and ever and ever. And it didn't it didn't really um, get any better until you came right the other side of the Hellbellum Ridge and um, dropped down um, to Grisdale. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to survive. I'll put a jacket on now. I passed quite, I think I'd passed it, a few girls there, but I haven't really noticed it. I was literally just like survival mode. But it was it was interesting. It was fun, you know. What was your sort of like work rate there? Were you like working quite hard because you were trying to keep warm or was you like still relatively like really comfortable? No, I, I, I actually was in my head. I was like survival mode. Let's just get up and get down. Like it It was, it was, I don't, don't want to like big, it was, actually quite you were yeah you were yeah you were like I can't stop here because literally if I stop I'll get hypothermia and die we don't yeah we can dramatize anything (laughs) as well like you can (laughs) I nearly died yes it's like saving lives at sea do you ever watch that that um is it on ITV saving lives at sea and they're always like she was minutes away from death had she stopped and you're like didn't they just they just rescued her off the pier she was all right yeah (laughs) just walked in no no but seriously no I was minutes away from death (laughs) (laughs) but I can imagine you can imagine those conditions like lot we've talked to people. Do you remember Elsie Davis and she went up and she she was like I had no I had no light oh, well, I had yeah. no you're you are you know you can't hang around you can't stop and you're like mm. whole every sense is going get moving get off this and um, that Hellbell and Ridge you know to one side it is quite a nice a nasty drop not a nice drop it's quite a nasty drop if you get blown blown down there yeah when you said you passed a few girls would they I know you finished first and there was Rachel and Shirley I think the other two ladies on the podium was that was that was was it those two? Or are you literally blissfully unaware who 
who, who it was. So I had an inkling because um, at the river crossing, the guy was like, oh, you're fifth girl. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah, wicked. I mean, I had no, I started right, you know, at the back. Um, so I, I was assuming I was about that. And then just as I was going up the ridge, there was um, someone that I recognised through a friend called Holly Wooten. She's like a running coach and she is, I followed her. She's she's fast. And uh, she actually got her, her jacket caught um, and I tried to, well, no, I did. I managed to undo it just right as we were going on that ridge. And that was not before I actually, I, and I do have to apologise. Sorry, Holly. I, I pushed her because I fell on a rock. So I pushed oh her first God. and then I unhooked her. So sorry about that, Holly. Um, we're um, getting the gist of what you're like. Don't worry. We get it. Um, push first. But as that happened, uh, you know, I noticed, I thought, she's really fast. I'm sure she will have been at the, you know, at the front. And um, what am I doing up here? Like, but again, just survival mode, get to the end. Um, um, so I didn't know where I was in the field, but I was guessing between like fifth-ish um, and upwards. But I had no idea who was in front of me at that stage. Yeah. And did you get any more intel further down the course? I know you said the river crossing, they said fifth, but yeah, but Ambleside, are they, they shouting out? Yeah. Oh yeah, Ambleside. So yeah, when you, you had the most amazing descent into Ambleside. I have no idea how, I can't remember. Oh, I met a friend. So um, I was coming down that big step um down into once you're coming down into Ambleside, there's a little bit of a horrible step again i like climbing but it's even quite a drop off i um, met a friend there and um he helped me to just amble down you know just in case i fell but also um he mentioned oh i think you're second girl and i was like i think you're probably incorrect but that's nice <laughs> um and then i was running through Ambleside, and, and i saw that there was a girl in front of me and i'm 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 pretty competitive i have to uh, i have to admit i saw her leaving the checkpoint and I was as I was coming in I was like that's my target that's uh that's who I want to go and get next. And I just kept that in mind for ages. And after Ambleside, I didn't feel 100, like, you know, great, 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 but I still felt really pretty good. So I was just riding the high and I was just thinking, I'm getting, that's my, that's who I want to come. And, and I think it was Shirley. Sorry, Shirley. That would be mine. <laughs> um, You're on the hunt. I love it. <laughs> I think I actually, I didn't actually um, notice passing her down from Ambleside. And then when you're going around Windermere, it was so swollen the river was uh lake is so swollen that it was actually like it was like a swim to be honest with you how long did that go on for i've seen some pictures over on facebook but how long were you like wading through water felt like so long but like it wasn't even like wading like for me it was like <laughs> up to my the bra line it was oh my god there was a point where i just started swimming and okay, a lot of it was just no. i was yeah yeah i was i was i was doing a front crawl um probably would have been easier to just wade really? but you know it might be drama drama i thought oh I've, I've gone the wrong way but i'd done the recce and i knew i was on my gps and i knew that was the right right way but i thought oh people have just nipped over the fence and gone on the field plumbing idiot here i was like no but they'll see me on the tracker i can't i can't go like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um so I, I carried on and then i actually caught up to a guy that um, was doing exactly the same thing so i felt justified and i carried on and, and just and I, I kept saying to myself like it was really tiring to, to carry away because yeah it was a long time it felt like forever and i was just thinking yeah, but everyone else is getting tired too. Like it, yeah, it is, yeah. it was tiring after, you know, being cold. Um, and then just doing that motion, which you're not particularly used to. It came and it went and I, I knew what was coming up from the recce because it had been pretty waterlogged then, but I wasn't expecting it to be brah. A piscine. <laughs> What's the course? Like, I'm really curious because I, I know the, the first half or a good chunk of the first half. And in my mind, I'm visualising the second half as more, off oh, say from Ambleside on, sorry, as more runnable. Is that correct? Yeah, it's more runnable. <sighs> to be honest, 
literally my heart's in the first half. I, I love the first half kind of um, terrain. Um, and I wasn't looking forward to the second half as much, just because it's a little bit more road. Um, and I think there's pointless up and downs. Like if you look at the map, you can get there quite efficiently and you've got to go up all these higgledy piggledy things. But again, because I'd wrecked it two weeks before, like there was loads of trees down and um, it was just a lot less friendly. So then when they did it on the race day, I think they must have cleared up the route and it w- it just went a lot more swimmingly and possibly was, you know, better fueled and had had to catch Shirley. So, you know, I was yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> so, yeah, when when did you catch Shirley? I'm really curious. And then I suppose once you yeah. passed her, were you running scared? I love that psychology once you, <laughs> once you, get, once you get in the front. Yeah, yeah. I um, So I'm, I'm somewhere in between Hawk's Head and the end of Windermere, I believe, because I, I could see her and I was, you know, maybe maybe 100 metres in front, um, uh, behind, sorry. And I could see her and I was like, no problem. My legs are still feeling fresh. And she just went, I said, where did she go? She must be miles ahead. Like she must have steamed ahead. I kept pushing up because I knew, I was like, she's going to push, but I'm going to push harder. Then I got to Finsweight, which is the last checkpoint. And uh, the lady was said, oh no, you're first girl to come through here. And I was like, how peculiar I've not passed anyone um and I caught up with her at the end and I think she had just taken a wrong turning so she had just yeah which is quite nice because I don't actually like that tussly moment as you go past like, oh I, that was yeah. I was just gonna ask I was like oh were you sad you didn't get the moment to go past <laughs> no going? absolutely not Good no job. that's perfect yeah, Good job. yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I don't like confrontation. I'd, I'd, I'd much, yeah. No, it's no. awkward, isn't it? You're like, do you want to chat? I don't mind. Like, where should we go with this? It's like breaking up with a boyfriend. Oh, my tactic is to run really. If you can see, keep them inside, like keep keep it really slow, keep it really slow, and then um, like get some energy back, and then absolutely slam it, and then get out their sight. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, really you've got to get out. You've got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Super competitive. <laughs> yeah, well, this is how you win races, isn't it? True. Yeah, yeah. That's how why really did you think. feel then when you crossed that finish line first? I was absolutely shocked, amazed, ecstatic. It was just like the the, the perfect day. It was so good. Um, the vibes were so good. Everyone was so happy. The, all the volunteers were absolutely amazing. They were so encouraging. Um, I was just like on cloud nine. I was so, so happy. Yeah. Do you think the conditions played into your hands because you you felt quite comfortable like being out there that you kind of like enjoyed it in some ways rather than tried to battle it? Yeah, I, I do think, I think I was, yeah, I'm... I'm actually not that good a runner, but I'm pretty stubborn. So I kept thinking that I was like, you know, I am so stubborn. I will, doesn't matter what the weather's going to do. I'm going to, you know, whereas I think perhaps, you know, other people are more talented at running, but less adverse to the weather. For, uh, weather. So yeah, I do think I was lucky with the weather. Did yeah, you, did you put it. on it's the decathlon uh, waterproof trousers? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> they're fresh for another day. They're fresh. I bet they're pretty handy. Yeah. I bet they're pretty good because they're probably but, exactly the same made by Salomon's company. They're just not branded probably. up. But the, the mug that, that dug in, the reason I mentioned that, a, uh, I was so ready for my kit check and uh, no one kit checked me. And then I was like, no, come on, check, kit check me. And so they, they kit checked me. And uh, But that mug, and, you know, my legs are okay the next day. <laughs> I'm still struggling with weather. The mug was niggling the whole way around. I thought, okay, note oh, yourself. Don't be so stubborn that you don't stop and get get that sorted. The first, yeah. Also, perhaps if there's something that you might need, I would say mug, you know, if you had got very cold and you wanted a cup of tea, it sounds like it was quite far in your pack. And that might be something that you want to get out of the top. 
don't want to don't want to make suggestions for what sounds like you've got a good system going on there what about I take all um, suggestions <laughs> what about trainer choice Gary loves knowing uh, what's oh, a trainer choice in this again um, rookie rookie absolutely rookie um, I was sat in my party tent the day before and I have about four pairs of shoes I didn't know which ones to wear so I had all terrible options um, and I had the uh Sportiva Cyclones, which um, I've worn quite a lot over the summer, and just they were horrible. They they really they are the me. ones with a little kind of funny boa clicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they look terrible. They hurt my feet, but I've worn them quite a lot. And yeah. then I had some Adidas, Adidas, Adidas. Um, the oh gosh, um, the ones with the deep lugs, which had worn for two fell races and I'd, I'd love okay. them um and then i had a rogue pair which uh, i tried to buy exactly the same pair of those um again because they were perfect but i've actually actually bought the uh, gone on sports direct and they were the short <laughs> version oh, no. so three pairs of like rubber shoes and then i got my like normal uh sportivas and poles in i was like what do i do when i sat in the party tent um at like 11 o'clock the night before like which which shoes should i wear and i went went rogue went for the um adidas ones and they were absolutely sensational didn't didn't hurt a bit they like i've never worn them before like classic don't you know try something new on the day they're absolutely perfect i would recommend to a friend i'd love um, to try oh. Was it was it Tom Evans on Western State? He had these the new Adidas carbon plated shoes. Oh my goodness! I'd do anything. I'd do anything. Would you? Good <laughs> Tom. Awesome. Ask for uh, you probably. You know he's got man size feet. Tom though he looks know, like he's yeah. a man, Gary. Six and a half. And who's who's on who's on the women's? Maybe isn't Ruth Croft? Maybe hit up Ruth Croft rather than Tom yeah. for another. I don't mind but if I'm wearing lady shoes. All my shoes are lady shoes. <laughs> they look super fast though. Uh, your race report sounds so positive, Fran. Any any lows? Any like bits where you thought, why? What the hell? Or were you pretty? I, pop, honestly, pretty I, let's say. I have ter- I do have terrible running days, um, but that was not one. Like that, that was, it was just all it was all great from start to finish. We would definitely recommend it. Do you think if you went into it again and you're defending champ, you would enjoy it as much because there would be pressure on you? You're the target. Do you think you'd oh, still? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm still pretty. I don't think. I'm- or recognize me and uh so i think oh, ten thousand downloads this podcast fran you're <laughs> you're out there you'll be <laughs> i'm not sure this one this one could be the most boring yet like, uh, i'm talking no. about my blooming <laughs> boring shoe selection and i'm dead i want to know what went down in the party tent do you know if you were there oh, did yeah. you see what, the party the tent, tent? yeah 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 you got that flashlight <laughs> rocking you got your kindle going <laughs> zipper up the zipper down uh so yeah oh is that sorry is that's not me is that you gary i can't see are you next what's next or is that me you can do all of that i can do all of it oh i I hugged loads of questions you can go you did i was like just i was like this is lovely i'm just listening no it's great uh so late today is it british medium distance i get confused british medium distance ultra trail supersonic champion now um what's next have you got a plan for anything else this year 
Oh, I never have a plan. If someone's like, oh, do you want to do this? So long as it's your friend, I'll do it. What's in your sandwich um, box for the rest of the year or maybe even next year? Have you got anything already in mind? I'm going to try and do more fell races. Um, So that's my, I would like to do, because I've done two this year and they were absolutely so much fun. So yeah, those are my big ones. And then I said I'd probably not do any more long ones, but I have signed up to the uh, Lakeland Traverse as well. Inspired by you, of course. (laughs) See Um, you there. (laughs) So it's all your fault, Eddie. (laughs) Come and do all county tops as well. Get yourself a, a, another lady or a male. You can have a mixed team. Come and do the old county tops if you like a fell race. That's a big deal. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see you then. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I like this. You're like, no more long races, but now I'm going to sign up for a now big 100K back <laughs> over in uh, the Lake Districts as well. Oh. Um, and have you got any like bucket list races that you're like, I so want to do that? Do you know what? I think I'm just too too new to it all um, to know what's going on. I, I, um, no bucket list races, but for sure, you know, I, I keep listening to the show and then you guys are just inspire me to get, oh, yeah, that's great. Although I have to say, not the spine. That sounds absolutely Never in, say that, you yeah. know, if you say, it's like, it's like the spine fairy. If you say never, not, it's like, then you're like, and you'll be like this, Fran, because you are like this. You'll be like, I'm too scared to do it. That means I should do it because I am being taught I can't it do it. Me. I could, yeah. yeah, it really scares me. So I should do it because otherwise the spine's won. The spine is winning because you're too scared. How do I sign up? Can I sign up? <laughs> yeah, enter, enter. Enter, enter. Uh, yeah, so are you like, do you think like 100 mile? Is that something that you like think maybe? Or are you just like, just going to go with the flow? Oh, it's not parting path. <laughs> like the perfect day, starting the sun, sunrise and finishing the sunrise. Yeah, 50, 50 miles was perfect. So much more sensible. And also like now, you're pretty like, with, but in within like the next day is a bit traumatic, but you can have a burger and you can like walk around and rehydrate. And then within like three or four days, days you're back to almost normal aren't you like a hundred yeah, miler yeah. they do I, I think no you're right I, I couldn't live with the I, I I think that is the big thing is like the not being able to run like the actual I do think more is more but the recovery from that that's that's yeah. impossible. And, you're also, and also you're super young and fresh and bendy go and do all these like really fast amazing yeah things just now. do the long stuff when you get old and slow, like a like, slow like and can't bend your legs and i tried to jump a log earlier and i was like oh. yeah. <laughs> mechanical elasticity <laughs> awesome it's been a treat i've got the old icky icky face again yeah, should we do the quick five actually Oh, Gary's made good. the quick five. I nearly, I always make the quick five, and Gary got in there. So apologise for. Okay, okay, okay. These I'm are scared, great questions. I do say it so myself. Oh, he's he's so proud of them. He actually read them out to me before. Oh, right. <laughs> <I feel> like... <laughs> well, one of them I can't take credit for actually. So I will acknowledge uh, my inspiration for that. But first question is: We're going for a run, Fran, in the Dales Peak District. Sorry, and we're going to go for a little slice of cake and a cup of tea. Any good cake stops? on your running routes guilty i really don't stop actually no i'm so <gasps> sorry and um, i mean i'll get always to the cafe afterwards but um i would say my favorite one is probably have sage um there's a really great cafe in have sage it's right yep. next to outfit <laughs> i've been there i know exactly i've been there yeah i went and did a last sportiva like run trip years ago 
like like decades ago. And then I remember that amazing cafe and we literally just went there for about 15 times until they threw us out the whole weekend. A cafe at the end of a run. Yeah. Oh my God. Is there anything? It's got to be at the end. You've got to earn it. You can't get halfway. Oh, through. I wouldn't. I'd say I couldn't. Unless I was cycling, always a coffee stop for a Well, bike sometimes ride. I did a I did a Bob Graham recce once. It was leg five, and we ran to Honest Slate Line, had a little fuel fuel up a coffee and cake, and then ran back to uh, Keswick again. So yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree. At the end of the run, but sometimes a bit different if you're in the mountains because the refuges are really good to stop at because that yeah that's exactly. yeah. you don't mm-hmm. get that at the end often as no. well you're in a car mm-hmm. park somewhere on a random trail the okay. refuges are at the best bit sorry gary <laughs> next question sorry okay forget about cafes eddie and i are going to bang on your door for tea one evening what are you going to cook us what's your signature dish oh ramen that's that's yeah i can only cook one thing and it's going to be and i'm veggie so it's going to be um tofu on top um but i absolutely love ramen yeah welcome tomorrow get a quick (laughs) follow-up with all the little bits that look really yeah with it oh i love that my husband does that he adds like chopped up spring onions and nuts and bits and i'm like you this is like a professional he loves it oh i just slap it on and mix it up Have you had that one in, um, or oh, what's it called? Is it Wagamama's? And it's vegan <gasps> and they make a little, it's so not an egg, good. obviously, but it looks like an egg. It is absolutely wild. Anything Next on question. Wagamama's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit too. hungry. Let's come on. <laughs> okay, you just, um, you've just took the lead in a race. You come to a gate and uh, Shirley and Rachel are just behind you. Do you keep the gate open or did you slam it behind you? Uh, no, I think you you want to win and you want them to, to like, them. you know, you want to, to win well. So you always open the gate if it's, if it's you know, if they're close enough um, or if there's no like sheep that are going to get out and can leave it open. That's ideal. Um, Do the big push so they can see swing. you doing yeah. the big swing. Oh, no, because no, that can go terribly. Then you just might <laughs> knock them out. No, if it's going to open and stay open, then yeah, no, you don't want to, you don't want to knock them out and then, then be like, yeah, she only won because she, you know, she killed her on the gate. That would be terrible. Took, took the competition <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. That would be awful. It's the worst kind of win. <laughs> A fair win. <laughs> so open the gate. Next question. Well, if you listen to this podcast, Adam Buxton, wow, well, that would blow my mind if I Adam Buxton listen to this podcast but yeah I was listening to Adam Buxton Adam Buxton's podcast today and uh, he was talking about this on his show so yeah thanks Adam think back to your teenage years and what posters would be on your bedroom wall <laughs> come on Eddie you've got answers um, too oh I've got it I know exactly there was only one thing that was on my wall was like pictures of ponies um on my wall um, did you get horse and pony magazine I um what was it? Po- the pony mag. The pony mag. The pony oh mag. <laughs> <laughs> they still do that, but um, I think a bit. The horse and pony was a bit too developed. You know, it's a bit a expensive, but you know, it's a. I never got them. My mum and dad used to go to the jumble sales, and you know, people used to sell like boxes of the old ones, and they used to bring me home those. (laughs) But often the posters were gone. The posters were gone, so I'd have to cut the pictures out. But I didn't mind. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have wallpaper, I just had ponies everywhere. (laughs) Gary, who was on your wall? Sunderland, Alan Shearer. Oh, goodness me, Alan Shearer, Hell's Bells. No, uh, <laughs> it would, probably would have been Terminator, Star Wars. Yeah, Sunderland Football Club, that kind of thing. I used to love Arnie when I was a kid. Yeah, what about you, Eddie? It was Horse and Pony. Horse and Pony posters. Oh. And then I moved on to Luke Perry and Beverly Hills 90210. <gasps> oh, my God. He was a 
He was a dream boy. Okay, next question is, your smartphone is bust and you can't go and buy a new one. You need to delete all of your apps apart from one. Which one are you going to keep? Do you know what? I'm I'm absolutely incredible at busting my iPhones. That's my friend or testament too. And I'm very happy to, to you know, wait an, a good month before I get a new one. So I'd be like, sorry, guys, can't, can't communicate. Uh, but I've got, not got a phone. It's a perfect excuse. <laughs> what I would keep WhatsApp so that I can still message people for plans. Um, exactly. But, that I'd be, yeah. I would Rested. leave everything. Yeah, WhatsApp yeah, so that I can make fine. run plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, probably, that's probably my most used app here what's up what's next question Strava, Gary. <laughs> how would you manage without Strava, gary i'm terrible on Strava. okay next question or the last question sorry is every week uh we share the podcast over on instagram and we like to put a song to our instagram story but your choice, Fran. What song that will be? What are you going to go for? I uh, I knew I knew this question was going to come up, so I did think about it. Uh, someone called Abby's Abby Sampa, she's a dentist, so she must be she must be cool. Yeah, I would love to say say um, the name of the song, but I'm going to butcher it. It's like I've got what I've got. To put, I'm going to put her in Abby Abby Abby, Abby Sampa. Oh, it's Abby A B I. She's cool. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. What? Here we are. Artist. She's got like a red fringe. Oh, I wish I'd practice. Man Kunto Malo. Man Kunto Malo. Oh, absolute cracker, but not that one. Okay. <laughs> Hold this. Obviously not that. Uh, Damascolando. Glando. Live in Glastonbury. You're doing really well at getting them out. Yeah, um, no, okay. I'm going to go for it. It's Man Kunto Maula. That's it. I've got it here. Yeah. And I don't know if I was listening to that exact song for three and a half hours. You didn't notice it was, it's about like eight minutes long or something. Um, or if I was actually going through her whole album, but they're all cracking. It's slow to build, but if you like roll it onto about six minutes and 20 seconds, I, I practice. Um, it's an absolute, oh, it's a cracker. Um, uh, all right, so I was driving through the, the poop and I was just like getting so psyched. It was, it's, get, it's giving me chills now. So it has oh, to be that I love it. I I love when a piece of music can do that to you. And I love a piece of music that you can listen to on repeat as well. And you're just like, I, I sometimes go a whole run if I get stuck on a bit of music. that I'm just like, I love this. I'm vibing with this. So I'm going to keep it. I was singing it. It sounds like my daughter. I have no idea what it means, but I was absolutely no. blasting it down some of them. <laughs> Oh I can gosh, just visualise well. that as a sunrise on some rocky ridge running along, yes. sun coming up. That would be beautiful. I mean, it was yeah. more white out with, you know, 40 miles an hour winds and I was just trying to stay alive. <laughs> thinking, shall I, shall I just start singing because it can't get any worse? But um, no one can hear me up here. <laughs> no one can hear me. No one can save me. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> oh, Fran, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Super well done on a race. And uh, you're super humble, but I know that there's great things to come in whatever you choose to do. And uh, other girls that get to race with you are very lucky because obviously you're kind and thoughtful. And um, hopefully we might meet on the trails. Well, we will definitely meet on the trails at oh, yeah. um, Northern Traverse. <laughs> I will be sad and griveling along and you'll be full of beans eating. I'll be slamming beans. the gates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't going to slam it. I thought you were really nice. <laughs> 
Anarchy. Keep us posted with what you're up to and uh, keep spreading the podcast love. You are number one, number one podcast. Because now you've got that trophy. I mean, you can, we could actually, we you could endorse us as well. We could use you as like an intro. Ooh, yeah, a little quote. Champion. <laughs> I mean, it is your guy's fault that I ended um, again. <laughs> you were talking about it too much. And I thought, I Let's get that. You know, you get those adverts with like, I, I owe all my success to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. We don't, you don't right. have to say it. I mean, I could send you a script and you could say something. <laughs> Absolutely. No one will pay attention, but I'm, I would be more than happy to say it. <laughs> Oh, so nice to meet you and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Fran. We uh, cannot wait to start following your journey, seeing where ultra running and the trails take you next. Tales from the trails. And first thing we always do is pop over to our Strava club. Check us out over on Strava if you'd like to be in with a chance of being top of the charts. But yeah, Sarah Perry, 266.4 miles. And she took part and completed the long last ultra not like my little journey across rails where i had a nice little sleep at the end of the day <laughs> and it was baking hot there's a non-stop journey and i saw a lot of waterproof action going on over there and big shout actually too to james parsons who has been a guest on the podcast and yeah he took the overall win if you're running 266 miles then you probably spent quite a lot of time on your feet too so sarah perry took the top of the charts for that yeah 81 hours 45 minutes and one second i just can't to do that non-stop just absolutely blows my mind and i think too unlike the trails this course there is a lot of tarmac yeah it's absolutely wild it's absolutely wild then the elevation twenty thousand two hundred and eighty-five feet went to jamie allen oh my goodness how do i pronounce this dalmacia dalmacia ultra trail mountain course i think that's in croatia eddie is your geography better than mine is that in croatia don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. But either way, wow, that looks and sounds awesome. Yeah, well done, everybody who took part in our Strava Club this week. Okay, we've got a big Tales from the Trails this week. Are you ready for it, Gary? Gary doesn't know the story, so I'm... No. He's gonna. His reaction is going to be fresh. Um, we're going to put some videos on our Facebook and Instagram as well because this needs a little bit of explanation. Um, and the videos just make you... It, this is incredible. I know. Now you're like, what is happening? This is from Alex Watson-Bance and here's his story. Good evening. Not sure exactly what to say, so I'll just write the whole story and fill in any blanks if required. So, I've tried to raise money for Julia's House Children's Hospice since 2019. They're a fantastic charity that does such a hard and important job. They rely nearly entirely on a fundraising to keep their doors open. After I completed my first 100-mile run in 2020, my fundraising took a dip. It seemed hard to beat this, so I needed something else to get people sponsoring me again. In March, I was out for a run, where I do my best thinking, and thought about the charity. Not only do they provide hospice care for children, but also respite care for children with life-limiting conditions. One of these conditions is deaf and blind children. I had struggled to comprehend what that could possibly be like. That's when it hit me. A 24-run in a microchasm of life in a day, right? 
So if I did a deaf and blind 24-hour run, dot, dot, dot. I got home far too excited and rang with charity immediately. I knew 100% if I allowed myself five minutes to think about this, I wouldn't do it. They say, amazing idea. And like that, I was committed. This is when the snowball effect took place. I thought, I wonder if it's been done before. A good long check of Google and the closest thing I could find was three Canadians who were in shipping containers on running machines. <gasps> so I contacted Guinness World Records, requested to set a new world record, but got rejected. They did say it would qualify as an attempt at furthest distance run in a blindfold in 24 hours. Current record, 80K. I also Googled, can sensory deprivation send you mad? A lot. Depressingly, the answer was always yes. Oh my goodness. This gets much worse, Gary. Just prepare yourself, dear listeners. How could I do this? According to Guinness, it needed to be on a piece of ground that had been surveyed. A running track would be perfect. So I secured a running track. How to navigate string. I strung out the entire course. This is where you need to go to a video to see the string to understand this. I did one practice run of one hour. So he put fence posts with string so he could hold the string as he was going around the track. It went so well, so I didn't jinx it. The hearing protection wasn't enough though. So I bought a variety of in-hearing protection to test and pick the best one to use in conjunction with the headphones. Right. Okay. So he's got a string. He's going to, he's blindfolded and he's, um, Muted himself, I suppose you'd say. How do I yeah. feel? I run on a 500 meters flu of fluid, electrolyte or active route, 60 grams of carb every hour rule. If I can't tell the passage of time, how do I feel? Distance was the answer. Instead of every hour, I decided every five miles. And he came up with a plan of how to track my distance. He used a stone, elastic band and clothes peg. Every lap, he moved the stone along a finger. So he like had the stone between one finger and then moved it to the next finger and then moved it to the next finger. Then he moved the elastic band along fingers. And then he put a peg on a bit of string. Four fingers and a peg went on the string. Okay, simple, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well. <laughs> <laughs> again i'm lost i'm lost already <laughs> yeah there's a video to explain this to show this um so all was set 7th of october 2 p.m i put on my blindfold two sets of hearing protection and plunged myself into darkness i had no idea what to expect and what happened it was far worse than i could have imagined honestly if this is inspiring you to do something like this don't do it <laughs> So I'll talk about lengths of time. I had no real concept of time. I come up with rough timings based on what my witnesses saw and talking to them after. So all timings are rather rough, educated guesses. The first 15 miles, I was so naive. I thought I was flying. I had visions of 100 miles very much in my head. It was very strange and isolating, but I'm hilarious. And I was making myself laugh and keeping my spirits up. Then I sat for the first time. The utter feeling of loneliness hit me very hard. I felt a weird cold, like an empty coldness. I felt like I was slipping into some weird abyss of utter blackness. I'm pretty sure I said F that out loud and got running again. Running was familiar and the string weirdly comforting. This happened the next two-ish times I stopped at five miles each time when I decided to just stay on the track and avoid the chair and stay on the track. So I'll talk about the pain separately. Pain was throughout. Knees. I only run on trails, so pounding a running track was not much fun. Right hip. I put this down to continually turning left. But these were running pains. They were familiar type things and easy to cope with. The ears. My God, my ears. Again, rough times, but sometime after dark and for 10-ish hours, the pain on the top of my ears was unbearable. It was like wire wool stuck between them. I couldn't switch off from the pain. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced. It took about 10-ish hours for me to realize 
realized my blindfold band had slipped and was frictioning on my ears. Once I finally fixed that, it subsided. It does make me laugh that of all the running I've done this year, the only blisters I got were on my ears. Meanwhile, I'd say at some point into the dark hours, things started to get weird. At first I stopped, sat in my chair and looked up. I could see the stars above me. And if I looked forward, I could make out a vague horizon. I actually liked this, but did wonder how many stars I see naturally are actually real. I got running and at some point looked down. The floor beneath me turned into my front room carpet. I looked up and there was a cat bed in front of me. I quickly jumped out of the way. This happened continuously until the end. I'd be going along and suddenly I'd be on a mountain track. It'd be daylight and I could see everything. I could smell snow. Then there'd be a ditch and I'd jump to avoid it. I'd be in a housing estate and a car would pull out and I'd jump to avoid it. I had two halves of my brain. One side would generate a random setting. I can't explain how realistic it was. Throw in a hazard and I'd react before my other side of my brain would be able to say, it's not real. At one point, after I was suddenly descending a stony track and trying to get my footing, I I stopped and shouted out loud, it's not real. Stop reacting. This is how I worked out timings a bit. So now I couldn't just stay on the track. The track was trying to kill me. I got to my chair and sat down. It was 4am. I know this because my mate Dan, who's very experienced 24 hour runner, was stood looking at me with my brother. He told me after, dude, I said to your brother, hopefully he nods off. If he does, we give him 10 minutes any longer and he'll be furious. My brother said, and if he doesn't nod off, then I think we may have a serious problem. I was in that chair looking into nothing when a giant trout appeared. It was caught in a net from a mousetrap and board game. You remember the retro game from back in the day. And he was mouthing, help me. Oh, and he was upside down. I thought two things. One, no, you are trout and you had no place playing mousetrap. What is wrong with me that I generated you? Okay, it gets worse now, people. Weird geometric shapes starting appearing and changing and creating animals. Faces were coming out of the darkness. Not nice faces. I remember this when I had hallucinations. I was terrified. I had this complete sensation of dread and fear. I knew something bad was happening, but I didn't know what. I was locked in this nightmare with no escape. A continuous barrage of distorted, angry, hateful faces and weird shapes all kept getting closer. I said to myself, this was your choice. You invented this. It was your idea. And now the charity is reliant on you to uphold your commitment and finish. If you go mad, that's on you, but nothing comes off until 2pm Sunday. I was in utter despair. I looked down. I could see my hallway carpet. Are you ready for this, Gary? I could see my hallway carpet and my two sons walked up. I could see their feet and they said, come on, dad, you've got this. I looked up and it was like looking through a purple drape. Behind it were these lights. They were moving closer and changing shape and they were coming for me. They were coming. And when they got to me, I knew it'd be not good. I jumped up, got the string and remembered something someone in chronic pain once told me. Happiness is a choice. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be miserable. It's up to you. That was my mantra for the rest of the run. I'd say it over and over and force myself to smile. As the rain went on, the chair hallucinations got easier, but never really went The running track continued to change scenery. I traveled the world that day. I learned how to cope with it by generating an alternative image. I'd imagine a music video and see the video in front of me while I did the other images would be at bay. I didn't sleep for three days after. I couldn't go to bed. If I closed my eyes, I'd suffer minor panic attacks, but all good now. So long story short, 7th to 8th of October, Salisbury running track in Wiltshire, 2 p.m. to 2 p.m. running the track, deaf and blind. I achieved 111k 
I'm just waiting for the record to be made official or for Julius House, Charles Hospice, who are the real heroes in this tale. Your podcast is amazing, by the way. Alex Bounce. It's super emotional, especially seeing his sons. But to have that, you're completely out of it, but then present too. To know that these are hallucinations, I honestly, I can't, I can't imagine that. What what an achievement that is. Absolutely. So I I emailed him when he sent me this through to me. I just asked a few questions and uh, his giving link is just giving link. If anyone deserves a few pennies uh, is still open. If you put Alex Bounce into uh, just giving, it will appear. And I asked about the world record. I said, so were people like, because obviously he can't hear anybody. He was completely on his own for that whole 24 hours. And he said for world record uh, purposes, it all had to be filmed. So he had to have two independent witnesses that changed uh, every four hours. They had to log every lap, every rest stop and then his amazing brother stayed with him the entire time and ran the last half lap with him which was very special and he finishes saying I wouldn't say I'm amazing because I said he was amazing um, but pretty mediocre but stubborn very very stubborn I think we'd all agree with that but oh gosh if you're out on your long run and you're feeling a bit tired <laughs> open your eyes and listen to the birds it just goes to show gosh we take that all for granted don't we the ability to see and the ability to hear and what happens to our mind if it's taken away. I don't even like thinking about that kind of stuff for, for, for too long. It kind of overwhelms me. I'm really curious though, the 24 hour challenge, when someone put their hand on his shoulder and said it's over, if he was aware this was his time, his time was up or he thought he'd done 10 hours, you know, I don't know where, where he was mentally. He completely you know. lose track of time. And it sounds like it took him quite a few days yeah. to come back out of that as well. Yeah. Hard pivot. Competition time. I know, heavy pivot. <laughs> heavy, heavy pivot, hard pivot. We have a winner though. Well, two winners. Claire Todd was the winner of our Yugoku Projects competition that we held ooh, a few weeks ago. And apologies that it uh, took me a little while. To the admin to pick a winner for a competition where you need to check if people have liked, shared, or subscribed, and then commented, and then over on Instagram too. Yeah, it takes quite a while, but yeah. Claire Todd took the win, and she tagged in a friend, Nicola Hearn. So well done, guys. I'll get in touch. Well, try and get in touch with you, Claire, but if you could reach out to me too, and then together we'll get you connected with the Ugoku Projects team, and uh, we'll get two hats of your choice shipped to you. Thanks, everybody, for entering the competition. And thanks to Ugoku Projects, too, for supporting the competition. And don't forget, Patreons get a very generous 20% off at ugokuprojects.com. Over to Apple Podcasts for our five-star reviews. Well, it's actually a review, so I will go with this. Absolutely love this podcast. I've been binge listening for a few weeks now, and I'm almost caught up. How will I cope when I only have one a week? I've tried listening to many running podcasts, and they are okay. A bit hit and miss kind of way, but Gary and Eddie just keep hitting those highs. Little Dragon Tales and everything else in this podcast. <laughs> I love to listen in if I have a long drive or while I'm working. It's okay. I'm a gardener, not a surgeon. So much useful info and great banter from the hosts and the coaches and guests are tippity top too. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. And that comes from the Book Fairy via Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Thanks. Gary is desperate to, to break the US of A. <laughs> He wants to go. He wants to go international. So, if you're an overseas <laughs> listener, 
please can you s- let us know let us know we know we have listeners in, in russia in china uh, <laughs> in australia let us know who you are send us a a message via the review and uh we can move up the what are we in america right now number 100 <laughs> oh we bro- we broke the top 100 um i was pretty stoked with that to be honest <laughs> i know it's hard do you think the americans would think like these two honestly i don't think they'd understand what you were saying gary well, I'm saying, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, obviously, tea and trails is very English or British, sorry. Uh, it's curious, but when I, I listen to lots of US-based podcasts, and I don't really care who it is. If I just enjoy the chit-chat, then I just listen along quite merrily when out on my run. I'm not too sure if that's how international listeners think they want to invest a bit more in people. They know, I'm not too sure, but it would be awesome yet yeah, to have a few more international listeners okay eddie what week is this now you're entering was it week five 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 what you're up to five will make you get down do you remember five? Oh my god i love you. i do did you get run over but i know that was uh e17 didn't he got run over by his own car brian harvey i think did you die no goodness me no i wouldn't have I done a know. debbie downer kind of conversation on the podcast like that <laughs> right well my plan this week so next week we've got a two starting with a two-week half term oh joy so i am going to do a big week this week and then i will have a recovery week next week and then in the second week of half term i'll probably ramp it back up a little bit um so i'm going to I'm going to delve heavy into some running mileage. I've planned out a 30 mile route uh, from here to do on Thursday and then a 20 mile route on Friday. So I know, come on, (laughs) got to be done, Gary. Got to be done. Um, Ideally, I'd probably like to do that in half term, like as an in the training plan, it would be better to do that, but I can't. So I'm going to do it now. And then it feeds quite well into a recovery week as well. So cleared the diary. Um, and Thursday, I'll be literally running from bell to bell, basically drop off my littlest at school, leave the car there so that I'm not stressing. I'll just literally come back when she finishes school and pick her up again. I won't go home in between. I and my my kids just are like, that is so normal to them. They're like, so you, and I'll get in the car, I'll still be in my running kit. And they're like, good run. And I'm like, a bit, mum's a bit tired. So I'm just going to have a shower. Oh, you're not, can you make my sandwich before you have a shower? (laughs) 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 Oh yes, my little darling. So I'm going to do, yeah, roughly that. It'll be about six hours Thursday, five hours Friday. And then I'll obviously have a very quiet weekend. So I'm not really doing any sessions this week as such. If you do, if you lift the volume, I think you need to be careful then you can't do everything, can you? So that'll be my focus this week. I'm going to plan the fueling, got the fueling, trying that out. um, And then recover as much as I can on Thursday night going into Friday as well. Weather doesn't look great. looks a bit rainy, a bit cloudy. Eight, that's what is what it is as well. Can't be all lovely blue skies and mountains. Um, thinking about my shoes, Gary. What do you think? So I've got my North Face vector. You're doing road shoes. Mm, it's, there's mud. No, there's quite a lot of mud. The route is so different. There's definitely going to. So I wore the same pair of um, trainers for the whole of the spine. I never changed them. I only took them off because you made me at checkpoints to go into the checkpoints. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have ever taken them off. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely needed a bigger pair the last 
24 hours, but I'm hoping not to get to that. That was five days. This hopefully is going to be three. three <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm hoping I, the feet won't swell too much. Um, so I what? So I've got these nice North Face shoes that I've really cushioned. Uh, good grip. They run on everything. Love those. Might just stick to those. Then I. But then I'm thinking, if it's reasonably dry, like South Downs Way, you could pop a bit of carbon on the bottom of your feet and just. Have you get got fat feet or skinny feet? Could you go hawkers? Yes. So I looked up the Hoka Tecton. Is it? Hundred hundred shoe. Yeah. Is that what you wore? Okay, so we've got some questions. Same same size if I ordered like the same size? Well, I did there because I've said it before, I've got super tiny feet. I ordered ladies six and a half, so I think the width, it was five or 100 miles to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was, (laughs) I take six and a half in all of my trail shoes. So yeah, I didn't need to size up for them. So yeah, fine. What do you think? That good, good on mud? Not good on mud. They're about three mil lug. I think they're vibram, okay. so you've got a bit of good rubber if, it, if there is anything rocky. But yeah, three or three or four, three and a half mil lugs, so not huge. I have to say the first section on the Lakeland Hundred, not the first section, sorry, after Seathwaite, it was a little bit slippery and the bogs and a bit muddy there. But the rest of it. I just can't remember being a problem at all. They were perfect no. for the rest of the that. The first bit, I'll definitely wear my North Face because North Downs Way, muddy. Vanguard Way is going to be, though there's like quite a lot of tarmac, the bits yeah. on the trail are fields, basically. They're going to be okay. really muddy fields. Carbon's not going to give you anything over that. And you, uh, and you don't want to get tired slipping in the mud. You want the grip because yeah. every slip, everything is just that little bit of extra tiredness. But if you get but super then, fortunate with the weather, if it's like a hard frost and it's dawn dry, then... Right, so I need some options. And I have the, you know, you're there. I need to use you. I don't want to make it too easy for you. So, yeah, I'm just thinking about it. Obviously, it's then a financial outlay to buy a new pair of shoes. I don't like to buy new shoes unless, you know, I, I need them. So I'm just thinking about it. And now, But now you've said you want them for Lakeland then. I would happily, I'm not too sure. I will wear them for the Lake 100 next year. But if they Did you were all. Carbon? Did you feel like that gave you. Oh, more... Yeah, any element where you could run. You know, later on the race when I was shattered, that's. <laughs> but, but, but early on, yeah, if there was like going to Dalemane and through uh, Pooley Bridge and stuff like that, very runnable trails and even a bit of tarmac. Yeah, I wouldn't hesitate. If they were what were in my cupboard next year, I'd be quite, I'd quite happy to pop them on my feet again. Isn't that interesting? The, what the shoe I was looking at, I'd narrowed it down to, and you wore it. You see, we are like one mind. Uh, and on the, another big thing I've done, and I'm, which is, this is so good. I did my summer to winter kit changeover because our seasons are so different here that yeah. we literally, I literally have a different wardrobe for uh, summer to winter. So I cleared all that. And I'd been thinking about my deck shells, thinking, so they're a waterproof sock. I was thinking, definitely going to be coming to use if it happens to be really wet and muddy in the winter. I knew I had six pairs from the spine, but I was like, I can't, I don't know where they are. I think, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if I bought them back. I know I lost one pair somewhere at a checkpoint. Anyway, I cleared out everything, put everything on my bed, folded everything up. Oh, such a satisfying two hours. Found six pairs of deck shells. Yay. Found <laughs> in the back of your pants drawer. I also found a disgusting number of pants that I own. I literally... Oh. 
Thanks, Marks. <laughs> Marks and Spencer's flat pants I have got a drawer for. Anyway, so I'm good to go on the deck shelves and everything's beautifully folded. All my winter running kit now, I feel like, oh, that is, oh, that is good. I can just go in, get my leggings. Oh, what's the weather like? Oh, Capri pants. Yes, please. I'll just grab those. Oh, yeah. Next time we record, I will have done two big days. I'll have some content for you, Gary. Mainly probably will be. I've also, of course, got various friends to join me at various points. So there'll be some adventures. There'll be a lot of whining from Eddie and oh, Mike. Yes. You just have to wait because I've been running for two days now and you just can't come out. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's one thing I'm looking forward to with all this road training that my weekly time on feet should be a lot oh, less. You can do like yeah, 10 yeah. hours to cover like 70 there's, miles. There's I no do way I'll be doing hours. two. <laughs> like a long run. A long run really fits like say two, two and a half hours tops maybe um, with just a few miles at, at, at marathon pace. It's going to be, I must admit, I'm going to miss the lakes. It's going to be quite a shock to the system not going over there every weekend. But yeah, can't do everything, unfortunately. It's going to be wild. And I hope you, there's a few pairs of few bits of kit I've lost over the years, and I'd love to. Do you, um... out? <laughs> do you do you do you want me to come and do it for you? I yeah. got my littlest, my littlest, she loves those Netflix like tidying programs. So I I bribed her into it by going, let's uh let's go upstairs and do it to my wardrobe. It lasted a, I would say approximately two minutes till she went, Yeah, I'm gonna go now. This isn't as fun as it looks on that. We watch the, uh, is it Stacey Solomon, where she goes into somebody's house and uh, really helps them. You know, they're just, the lights kind of go on top of them and the house becomes a bit of a clutter. And they take all this stuff out and just lay it in a warehouse so they can see everything. It's quite amazing how all of that stuff went in that house in the first place. But yes, yeah, Stacey Solomon. you around to our house, you'd be like, what are all these bottles? Why do you have <laughs> 300 soft glass water bottles and these spiky balls? Why do you have six of those roaming around your house? And she'd be like, can I chuck that away? No, no, that's my T-shirt from 2009. Oh. No. <laughs> I am destined to be the hoarder next door when I'm when I'm an old when I'm an old person. But yeah, I'd love it. If my, I've got, there's a, a top that I got from Scott running Scott Sports. I absolutely loved it. And it, I wore the old county tops two years ago. And I've got a little photograph of me there, all happy at the end. And I think it must have just dropped out of the the boot of the car, or something before I drove away because I've never seen it again since. Ah, uh, but my week, what well, my this is recovery week. I've got nothing. I burnt all my matches early on, done the marathon. So yeah, recovery week this week. I do feel fine though. I think I've got away with it. I'm not as congested as I have been for the past. I like got, literally. I've just got a permanent cold. So lots of easy miles, mobility. I don't think I'm going to go to the gym and lift heavy this week. Just mobility at home and some body weight stuff. And like you said, the weather looks shocking. I think it could be Friday or maybe Thursday it's coming in. So that's a good time really that I don't have a 20, 30 mile run penciled in for the lakes. I'm quite happy. <laughs> it's quite bizarre because I've done this waterproof jacket. I've mentioned about doing these YouTube reviews. I'm reviewing the Storm Shell version 2 jacket and I like a massive idiot. Had to go because it was being lovely in the UK. So I've been in the garden hosing myself down with this jacket to to, to basically show show how waterproof it is or it isn't. Um, I know, up. goodness me. Just the jacket, nothing else. Just, <laughs> just the jacket, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've edited it all and it's all ready to go. And then I saw the forecast that it's going to rain this weekend. Something. Oh, if I wait this weekend, I've got some good some good weather. But no, no, it's just going to be me in the garden, in the garden, hose. But yeah, just taking it easy, enjoying 
this week. I think even though yeah, it was within my comfort zone, the pace of the run, do need to respect that. But I am really interested, actually. So we mentioned earlier about that. That was what my Lakeland 100 pace was. The effort based on my heart rate. So yeah, I'd, I would really like to have a go at a track, track 100 miler, just to see what you could do in. Uh, well, sometimes the 24 hours aren't they? So I'd probably just like a track 100 yeah, because I wouldn't want to those 24 hours and just run 100 and then stop. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So I'd like to do that. You get a one... good time and jump onto the Centurion 100 mile track. Yeah, I'll be well off. I'll be well off that time. But I would be, if there's one in the north, I don't want to travel. You know, I tell the other side of the country to do it. Yeah, you need to. I don't know the ones so much in the north. I know lots of clients do um, big ones down here. I don't know so many. Um, I don't not for me. If anyone, yeah, if anyone does know or organise one in the north, don't tell east, them. Where's he going to put it in his race calendar? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I know. I know. Yourself. Right, come on, let's wrap this up. I'm like bladder's bursting, and my kettle needs to be put on. Oh, I had a wee when I went to get my drink. Sorry, <laughs> that's why it took so long. Okay, we are done for another week and hopefully you enjoyed the show and if you did please take a look at patreon honestly it blows my mind that people would want to invest in us it does make a difference thanks to all our partners and patrons new and old and be kind to your future self anyone doing a marathon and you think you should take a gel you should run a little bit slower just think of how you're going to feel at mile 18 if you don't do both of those things so yeah take a gel and slow down a little bit it will serve you well don't forget to like subscribe, follow, and give us a share. Tell your mates, tell your running buddies. In fact, just tell everybody. Tell the lady at the checkout. This is your script. <laughs> tell the lady at the checkout and the guy at the petrol station and the family in Nando's too. I'm going to try that <laughs> over my hot peri-peri. What I love whenever we go to Nando's in England is just watching other people in Nando's. Oh, it's incredible. Thank you so much. Well done for getting to the end of the show. I feel it's been like a bumper one, even though we haven't popped the interview in. We feel like we've been talking all morning. Uh, if you are feeling a little bit unmotivated, have a word with yourself get your butt out the door and get moving no sick notes around here please only joking remember unless it's broken or you're losing a lot of blood it's fine to just carry on running no i'm joking i'm joking be kind to yourself be kind to your mates make that plan you keep putting off go on an adventure together listen to your body while you're listening to the uk's number one trail running podcast refuel with your favorite brew my name is edwina sutton oh edwina and i'm gary thwaites <laughs> <laughs> I went all formal. <laughs> and that was episode 43 of a very posh tea and trails. 